You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is up, Goat Flippers? It's your boy Lurk. Thanks for checking out this week's episode of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Also, big shout out to everyone who listened to last week's podcast, number 80. If you haven't checked that out, go ahead. It's with Pedram from Frontier. I do have to say we had a great response back for our first week after a year and a half absence. So thank you once again for that. We had a big week last week. We launched the podcast late last week, and then we went and saw Marauder on Saturday. And on Sunday, we went and saw Gel and Big Laugh at a Jamaican restaurant just down the street from me. And if you're curious, yes, we did record both of those shows, and we will be putting them up on the YouTube. So make sure you go ahead and check that out. Or if you're a Patreon supporter or want to be a Patreon supporter, those supporters get first access to all of our video content that we will release for the ongoing future. So make sure you subscribe and you support the Patreon so you can get, you know, both best of both worlds or whatever they say. I also want to go ahead and address the audio quality for maybe my microphone on these next couple episodes. It was recorded on just like a room mic. Uh, Unfortunately, it wasn't the best. However, I can promise you that all the episodes we're recording now are going to sound just like this since the whole setup is all set up and we are rolling. Speaking of rolling, you can follow me, your boy Lurk, on Twitter and Instagram at LurkCity. That's L-U-R-K-C-I-T-Y. Go ahead and give Lamgoat a like on Facebook and make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at Lamgoat. And it pains me to say this, but you can also follow Lamgoat on TikTok. Our username is lamgoat.com, spelled out D-O-T-C-O-M. Visit lamgoat.com to find out anything about your favorite bands in hardcore and metal, or if you want to go post on the forum, or maybe, hey, anonymously comment. Make sure you subscribe to Lamgoat on YouTube and you hit that notification bell so you're always notified when we release new episodes or content. And we have a lot of content already on there currently that is waiting to be released, and we have more coming, so make sure you hit subscribe. Also, like I said earlier, if you're a Patreon supporter, you get first access to all of our content once we get it done. We put it right on the Patreon until it's scheduled to be released, so go ahead and check that out. And last but most importantly, if you like what we're doing here on the podcast or if you've enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating or a view on whatever platform you're streaming this from. It greatly helps us out. All right, that's it for the intro. If you need any of the links that we just talked about or if you want to visit any of the band links that we have, please go ahead and hit that description. Everything is located for you there. Oh, yeah, what's this? I feel this. Oh yeah, this is the stuff. Oh no, it's a Oh no, no, no! Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. Hey, John. Welcome to the Van Flip Podcast. It's great to have you on here. It's, just, it's under great circumstances, too, that we kind of have you on here. It's been a... Yeah, absolutely. It's been a kind of a busy weekend. I don't know really where to start because it's been such a busy week for you guys and just like a busy time and recently. So yeah. I guess what I'll do is preface with uh, you know, just congratulating you on the 20 years. Uh, you just kind of 
did a 20 year anniversary of the debut album. So congratulations. Yeah, it was this weekend. It's wild, man. Yeah. How does that wild. feel? How does that feel to have like a child that's like, you know, almost drinking age now? Oh, I mean, I was thinking about this. Uh, we did a show uh, last summer, right? And um, I was thinking about memory because that's the fr- I wrote that at the first practice with Dead to Fall. So that song is like 20, it was 23 years old at the time. And I was like, this song could drink. Like, it's that old. <laughs> yeah. You know, there are people at this show that are younger than this song is. Uh, I mean, so it's like, you know, you, of course you get that first overwhelming of like, oh, crap, I'm old. Um, you <laughs> yeah. know, like that, that's just kind of the first, yeah, yeah, it ages you a little bit. But then like thinking back to like, wow, like I've been in this band and that album has been out longer as a part of my life than it hasn't been, you know, because that was yeah. my 40th birthday uh, was that, that show. So I was like, man, I, that's like most of, a majority of my life I've been doing this band. Um, so, I mean, there's all kinds, you know, and I can get into it too, but the, uh, the amount of people on the post I made yesterday, I almost like forgot to make one. Um, you know, yeah. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll make a post about it. Like maybe someone will care. Uh, and it just like an overwhelming amount of people were like, oh, this is like the first thing I found in, in high school that got me in. That wasn't like something I saw on TV. Or this is like, I got this on a Victor Records sampler. Or, you know, this is what got me into heavy music. And it's like, that's like, that's really cool. Because, you know, I mean, I kind of think about a lot of those songs. We probably don't play very often. Um, they're, they're really old. Uh, we'd rather play some other stuff most of the time. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but there's people on there who are just like songs that I think of as like, hey, that's not really that great of a song. You know, we wrote that when we were like 18. Uh, there's people on like, I asked, what's your favorite song on the record? And people are saying stuff that I'm like, wow, people like that song. That's awesome. You know? So it's just, um, it's nice to kind of get that feedback, you know, and, and really get some love. So that that really was heartwarming. Yeah. I mean, it's odd that you said you forgot, you almost forgot about the post, uh, post, uh, something on social media because uh, you know we had talked earlier in the in the week this week and you were like, yeah, the 20th anniversary is coming up, so you kind of knew it was going on. It's kind of weird how like, you know, the day comes and you're like, oh shit, yeah, it, it, today's the day and whatnot, yeah. Yeah, like I hadn't pre-written anything or like designated a post to like post at a certain time. Uh, like we had said we were we were going to try to talk yesterday, but I was like, I've been in in the city for a month straight since I moved here, and I was like, I got to get out in the woods. Like I'm going to lose my mind. Uh, <laughs> it's just. I, I had to, it just, I needed, it was the only day I could do it. So um, I, I appreciate you rescheduling for a day. But no then I problem. got back from like, I did a 13 mile hike. I got up to the top of a mountain, got back down, took the train back in. Uh, and it was like seven o'clock at night. So I'm in Madrid in Spain. Uh, and so it's seven o'clock at night. I'm like, well, I guess it's like noon in Chicago. People, people might see it or whatever. I'll, I'll put a post up and, and like text, text the guys from that lineup and be like, Hey, happy birthday to our baby. You know? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so it was it was pretty cool, you know. But at the same time, I kind of was like, eh, I guess. But then I saw um, Jamie from Victory had posted, um, Mike from Victory had posted, a couple other people had already done like, hey, 20th anniversary uh, to to this record. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll do a post. And then I was like looking for pictures from us recording, and I couldn't find them. I was like, right, I'll just do the album cover. But you know, it seems like people are kind of interested in the story of it as well. So I know there's pictures somewhere of us recording that record. Um, I believe Brian has them. Uh, and they're actually practicing this weekend. So like I had a hard time getting a hold of him to try to get pictures from him. So like last minute, right? Like everything else. So yeah. just, just, uh, it was nice, you know, put it up. Yeah. So you brought up Madrid. I'll try to hold that off a little bit because we'll, I, I definitely want to get into that. But since we're talking yeah. about Brian and the boys practicing, um, you know, there's again, a lot's been going on this week for you guys. You guys released yep. a couple tracks, which, you know, yep. it's been, it's been a, it's been a little bit uh, since you kind of did that. Uh, this will come out in October. So 
maybe by this time, I don't know, you let me know. Will yeah, yeah. Song we'll, be we'll out? Have, that third one will be out. We're going to put that out this week. We had <laughs> hoped to put it out on Saturday. Uh, and then just like the cards didn't fall the right way with like the release schedule stuff with our distribution company. Uh, so it'll come out this week. Um, so we planned on trying to release. Originally, I was like, let's put out songs the three Fridays before Furnace Fest. Uh, we have these three songs done. Let's track them. That'll give us some like good energy going into Furnace Fest. And then that's when I realized it was also the 20th anniversary of the record. Like I hadn't even put that together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was like, oh, wow, that's like, that's really great. Like, I think it's, it's just like a kind of, kind of a cool historical thing. Um, and so we, yeah, we're, we did Cerro uh, de la Muerte first and then Empire Pines. And the third song is called Rotten Decay. And that one's coming out uh, this week. Yeah. Awesome. So um, we're, we're talking in September right now. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Because I looked for it yesterday, honestly, because I remember you saying that the 20th anniversary was Saturday. So I was right. like, well, well, we'll, we'll make a post for social media and such like that. And I knew that you had said that you might just like try to surprise drop it on Saturday without really saying anything. So I had looked for it. And I was going to make a post on, you know, Lamb Goat and whatnot to see if we could, uh, you know, help get that out there. But alas, well, well, and here's the other thing is I'm really glad that we didn't because the queen died. And so, like, literally everything got buried. True, like, true. On, and tons of stuff came out last on Friday, too. So I was like, let's put it out on Friday. And then like, nobody drops tracks on Saturday. So let's just drop it on the second one on Saturday, just like a one-two punch. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're, you know, I, I don't know. It used to be music came out on Tuesdays. Yeah, when We released albums, right? You know, and I then remember. like now everything comes out on Fridays. So I was like, why does everything come out on Fridays? I mean, you can select whatever date you want. So like, uh, I think Lamb of God this week dropped a single on like a Wednesday. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I'd like to see it just be like a random splattering of stuff. Like New Music Fridays, that's cool. You can kind of like, get a good uh, glimpse of everything that came out, but it is just kind of like sometimes things just get totally buried, especially if there's a big news event on a Friday, you know? Or it's just the weekend, so a lot of people don't really pay attention. You know, I, I, in my head, I think a lot of people just don't really pay attention to, you know, what's going on because they're so focused to the weekend. Like, most people who are listening to music or buying music are relatively at a young age, so they're kind of like just focused on the time off that they have from work and school or whatnot. And I think it does get lost in the, you know, communication and translation of the, you know, the week ending. Yeah. And it's, it's NFL opening weekend too. So like most yeah. people are going to be, you know, at least, uh, you know, the, the bears are going to suck and we're all going to watch it. So like, that's just part, part of the way we're going to go about it. Yeah. I was going to say my cool Jersey on. Yep. You're in the, the only you're, one. You're I got, the... I got rid of all the rest of my jerseys. It's the only one that matters now. Number one Do point you... score in bears history. Do you and James Harden ever talk about the Bears? Because he seems to be a big Bears fan as well. He, uh, he seems. I think he's more of a Cubs fan than anything else. I, he rocks the Cubs stuff. Uh, I, we've we've only talked a few times. Uh, it's pretty funny that like him and I think Brandon Chappetti also has like some Chicago ties. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always thought this was crazy about Eighteen Vision. Just totally aside, right? Is that like the singer of Bleeding Through and the singer of Throwdown were the guitar players in Eighteen Visions? Yeah. Like what? Like all, all three of those bands are massive. Yeah, they're all three. They all come from the little same area. You know, I mean, they they all yeah. like just have members that you know share duties in other bands and roles in other bands. It's kind of crazy how like just little pockets of scenes can blow up in general. You know what I mean? Just like there's pockets from your area, there's pockets from California, there's pockets from the Northeast, obviously that have just like all these bands that used to just play together in the same you know street. You know, they all used to live oh, on yeah. the same street, basically. Our, our trifecta sudden, was uh, was Endless Day, Seven Angels, Seven Plagues, and Dead to yeah, Ball. Like, yeah. We just like we always played with those those bands together, you know. Yeah, it's crazy, but um, so yeah. Anyway, let's get total back, aside, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's get back to the new the new <laughs> material and such. 
because a lot of people have been waiting for a while because you guys, you know, you guys just shared it early in, uh, you know, in the aughts or late aughts, early 2010 area. You kind of, you, you guys yeah. got a, had a little falling out with each other and whatnot. And then, you know, you guys did get back together in 2017 and you were going to be making some new music, making an album. And it kind of feels like we're just finally getting over that hump of maybe, I don't want to say like a new album, but we obviously have like a sampler slash small EPs worth of tracks that are coming out. Right. So, yeah. You know, and again, you guys are getting back together. They're Brian and the boys are practicing, like you said, and you guys have yep. a show and now it's like furnace fest. So it seems yep. like all the parts are moving, but you also live in another country. So I wonder how that's working out. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, uh, I was living in Florida. Uh, Anton uh, was living in Florida for a while, and Brian, Dan were in Chicago, and Justin's been at, in Atlanta since he left at the fall. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, back to the history, there's the original lineup, and then basically one by one people left, and there was like a totally different lineup on Phoenix Throne and Are You Serious? Right. Uh, that band, that lineup disbanded, I think, 2008, like right after Are You Serious came out. We did that last show in 2009. 2015, we did a Darkest Hour tour with that lineup, yep. the Are You Serious lineup. Uh, 2016, we did Everything I Touch um, Falls to Pieces vinyl release show uh, for the, you know, the 14th anniversary, because that's the big one. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and then Getting the next the year, school. we did the same. Yeah, the same. We did the same for Villainy and Virtue the next year. Uh, Victory wanted to put out the vinyl. I was like, okay, we'll do a show to support that. Uh, and then we, we worked on music for a while, but it was kind of a lot of knocking the cobwebs off. We did like three, four shows a year. We did a couple festivals here and there. Uh, and then we just hit a, a grind kind of stoppage with just people falling into work, relationship stuff, being in different states and different places and not being able to like get that um, organic kind of like we all show up to the practice space and just write together. And how does this work? How does it, you know, does it function? Uh, then COVID happened. Uh, mm. A lot of people got really productive through COVID. We did not. Uh, <laughs> a lot. Um I'll say it this way. Some of us had some really personal stuff going on at the same time too, that just kind of took the, the front edge, edge of things. Uh, and so the other thing that happened over the course of probably the last year and a half uh, is that we got, uh, Dan got to the place that he realized he couldn't, you know, be able to play drums with us with how busy he was at working with his family. So Tim, who's on the Phoenix Throne and Are You Serious Records came back and he's playing drums now. So it's Brian, Anton, Justin, myself, and Tim Java. So it's basically so it's, almost the entire original lineup, just minus the drums. Yeah, yeah but Tim, Tim has played more shows than uh, besides myself. And then Logan probably played like a month and a half more worth of shows than Tim did before Tim joined. Because Tim started touring on Villainy and Virtue. So mm, Tim okay. is, has been like, he's played over a thousand shows in Dead to Fall. Uh, so it's, it's like just kind of getting different parts of the family back together. And we've all been friends. And it's kind of turning into now like, how can we fit in all the different eras and, and combine like uh, Logan was going to play Furnace Fest with us, but then his other band Blue Ox had a show and he couldn't make it. And we're like, let's just pull like every now and then Matt Matera pops up and wants to play a show. And we've got like just different guys that were like fundamental aspects of the band throughout the years. And so that's kind of our story. So why ignore that and um, not kind of lean into that? So it'll be curious how we move forward with writing. Anton is, is a beast. He's, he's writing all the new stuff. Um, We'd, we'd like to see how, you know, other guitar players fit into that mix and, and we're not opposed to some other ideas. And we've got some things kind of cooking uh, mm. that I can't talk about yet, but there's, there's some ideas for next year that we're, we're talking about some different things too. Awesome. Awesome. The, the Ocala, I mean, you, you guys living in Florida was something I, I kind of wasn't aware of because, you know, I also live here in Florida as well. But because um, 
when you guys released the uh, Empire of Pines track and you know the teaser and all that stuff had like the oak trees or or, or the uh, yeah I, I assume they're oak trees because you're in Florida and Ocala. Pine trees, man. Pine trees. Sorry, yeah. What the heck? But anyway, <laughs> I'm so you know there's so many oak trees in Florida. I was like, yeah, they're in Ocala right, National right. Forest, so it's whatever. But I we yeah. you know me and Dylan uh, Dylan who was a partner here at Lamgo who was also a big Dead to Fall fan. He was super stoked that you guys were releasing new music. So you know he wanted me to let you know he was happy about that. Um, Hell yeah, dude. But he was like, I don't understand the Ocala, like all the Ocala imagery and all this stuff. And I go, I don't know. I didn't really pay attention to it because I didn't. I forgot you guys were from you know Illinois and stuff like that because it's been so long and stuff. So yeah, yeah. I moved. I moved to Tampa in 2009. Oh, I moved oh. to Sanford first, uh, and I lived there. And I did construction. And then I went back to school at University of South Florida, um, and then that's like my whole teaching career was in Tampa, uh, and. Like that's when I fell in love with, with the woods. I've always kind of loved going out and hiking and stuff, but that was the first time I really did like long overnight, multiple day hikes was doing chunks of the Florida trail with uh, oh, my really wow. good friend, Brett. Yeah. Um, I used to work at this German restaurant called Mr. Dunderbox. And it's like, if you ever go to Tampa, go to Mr. Dunderbox, the best schnitzel you'll ever have. Uh, but me and Brett, uh, he, he really turned me on to the Florida trail and doing chunks of the Ocala national forest and the green swamp are probably my two favorite parts. Um, but Empire Pines is about the Ocala National Forest. It's about like the way the way that I felt. Uh, I did a solo hike through there, and the way that I felt walking through the pine trees as like this is like this is my empire. The, I am the king of this world. Like I have turned off everything outside of you know of work doesn't exist, relationships don't exist, nothing exists except for me keeping myself alive and putting one foot in front of the other and moving forward. Um, and I, I mean, that's really all those like overnight long hikes are. It's just, mm-hmm. you, if you stay alive and you feed yourself and you just got to get to the next destination. Um, and to me, it kind of readjusts life in general because now it's like, okay, really that is all that matters. Just when I get back, it's the same thing is that you need to keep myself alive and I need to put one foot in front of the other and just keep moving forward. Um, so it kind of just really focuses in on, on what I need to, what I need to survive and what I need as a human being. It's just making life just one step better every single day and then just trying to make it to the next morning. Um, no matter like if it's the worst day you've ever had, if you can make it through that day, that's a success and that's worth celebrating. Um, and every time I go out in the woods, uh, that is, that's just the lesson that I reteach myself every time. Um, I fell in love then after the Florida trail, I'm really glad I cut my teeth hiking starting on the Florida trail because sugar sand. (laughs) Yeah. Sugar sand is a bitch. Like yeah. well, hiking through that is the worst. Hiking with no shade through like uh, Palmetto Grove and like Palmetto, like just giant dense thickets of it uh, is Florida sun blaring on you. Um, not really drinkable water anywhere. It's like swamp right. water. And right. even though you treat it, it's still kind of green. And it's like, so you're Gross. hiking with like gallons of water in your backpack. It's just, and water's heavy. So then after I did that, I started going uh, about four years ago, I started going up to North Carolina and doing chunks of the Appalachian Trail uh, about like a week to 10 days at a time. And it is so much. I mean, yeah, there's mountains and yeah, there's tons of elevation gain and that's harder. But the fact that there's water coming out of the earth and you can just drink it, it's ice cold and there's like shelters you can sleep in and there's other people. Yeah, like, nobody hiked the Florida Trail, especially if you hike in the summer. There's no one out there. Nobody. It's it's you funny. Know? It's funny you bring all that up because I think we were we were probably mobbing around Tampa at the same time because I moved down there uh, late early 2010s. So probably like 2011. Okay. I lived down there too. Uh, for where'd you live? Uh, Brandon. Hmm. Like on the, around, Seminole Heights. 
Okay, cool. I was on the other side yeah, of yeah. like the Brandon Mall on 60 and stuff like that. Or, oh, yeah, know, yeah, 60 yeah. And, and, uh, and I, I, uh, I got this tattoo, which is a, a green puffer fish from Denise, uh, Dan Craig's wife, Denise Craig Tattoos, uh, at Atomic in the Brandon Mall. Oh, cool. I got, uh, yeah. I got this leg sleeve here in Ybor City at the Blue Devil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, so. Dude, I, I learned really quickly, leave Ybor before the sun goes down because like, it's like constantly just bro dudes trying to fight everybody. Like, you know what's funny? I, I spent a lot of time down there, unfortunately, because I was a little young. I was, you know, quite, quite a bit younger uh, back then. It was a little more than 10 years ago, but I spent a lot of time down there. And um, I heard that, I heard always the same thing. And I never actually had any issues for, you know, knock on wood that whenever I was out there, drinking yeah. and doing whatever else you know party because that's like the club's little get down area but yeah, it's dude, also sink or swim at the orpheum you ever do that that was that was <laughs> no i never did one. i never did i did go to the orpheum for shows and whatnot but I didn't absolutely yeah the uh, old orpheum or the new orpheum it's not my... even new anymore it's the, the one with the really big stage or the one that like you could still smoke inside i think probably... they moved it it was 2010 probably when they they moved to the other because they um the church of scientology bought that whole block that the orpheum oh yeah 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 no it's yeah, the yeah. other side yeah other side, sure, sure, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it, you know, because it's not in the best part. Or it, it, it wasn't in the best part of town. Ebor City uh, technically isn't in the best part of town. But I actually had a friend. Her and her boyfriend, you know, got robbed there, and they, you know, they had some gun violence happen to them too. So it was kind of a scary moment after that. But uh, funny, funny you bring up the, hi the hiking and stuff like that because I also yeah. got into hiking as well. But I've never done the Florida Trail, and um, you know. For those who don't know, it's like what, like almost a thousand miles long. It's it's pretty it's like, long. Yeah, almost eleven hundred. It goes from Miami all the way up into the Panhandle. Yeah, connects to the Pinhoti Trail through Alabama, and then you can take it around. There's one trail you, I think, the Ben McKay Trail, and then that connects to the Appalachian Trail. See, so there's a there's a dude in Florida named Jupiter Hikes. He's got a YouTuber, mm -hmm. and he did the whole thing all the way through. Like it's like almost four thousand miles, I think. So yeah. By the time you get done with it, it's nuts. But yeah, Florida it's Trail. Yeah, you're right there. Like Lake City, what is that? Like an hour and a half? You're in Jacksonville, right? Yeah, yeah. It's 80 miles from here. So you just head west on I-10 and you're yeah. in Lake City in like an hour and a half. So that's a, that, that's a, that you follow this, um, Suwannee River for like okay. a good 50 nice. miles right there. That's probably one of the most beautiful and easiest chunks of the Florida Trail, I think. Yeah. It's never really, you know, and I got into hiking because I got, uh, I, so, like 10 years ago or whatever I have I started an obsession with the Appalachian Trail and I was just like I couldn't believe that people were actually doing the whole trail and it would take months to do it right so like I got obsessed Dude, yeah. with rabbit holes on YouTube and that's how I yeah. got into this outdoorsman life you know and sure. I, I started looking up other trails because like I wanted to I couldn't you know a regular person can't go all right I want to do the Appalachian Trail I'm going to cut out this four to five chunk month of my life you know to, right. to hike it so i was like well, what else is around me you know and then i found yeah. the polar trail but i was in researching it and looking it up i was like i don't want to do that because i i live here and it's brutally hot and like you were saying there's not a lot of shade so i would look at videos of people walking the trail the florida trail and you know florida's sea level so if it rains or if something happens there's a lot of flooding on the trail there's also yeah. like all sorts of snakes and other kind of like yep. wildlife that are coming yep. in you know, and like the Florida Panther is a real thing too. So it's, it's weird how you were saying like staying alive on the trail. Someone's like more dangerous down here than doing some of the parts of the Appalachian Trail when you're hiking. Yeah, I'm probably, I think the, um, anything south of the Green Swamp is almost all just palmetto. And like, there's not much tree cover. Um, <laughs> the closer you get to through the Ocala, the reason I love the Ocala one is you just keep, you walk through pines, you walk yeah. through oak, 
walk through palmettos, you walk through all kinds of different um, feeling kind of there's hill, there's hilly spots. Uh, when you get to the Suwannee river, you have all those white sand limestone um, beaches that you can mm-hmm. camp on. Um, there's the really beautiful parts and this, it's pretty well shade covered the further North you get um, and less snakes and less panthers and less out there is like no like wading through the swamps and stuff like that you have to do up there yeah. uh so i you know if anybody's going to do it i would recommend the chunk closer to the panhandle that's that was the part i liked the most but living in tampa the green swamp was the closest uh and then if you could get up into the forest like because it's just the ocala national forest is a crazy place man. yeah yeah, yeah. Like, you know about the rainbow people right yeah mm-hmm you know, like this, like a hippie commune that just lives yep. in the Chilling. forest and like their buses and like you just come across them. And there's like 50 buses of just like hippies hanging out in this Strange, forest. Strangers, yeah, in the woods. It's crazy. Random, yeah. Um, and they just live there. So you, you also did some Appalachian Trail or some of the Appalachian Trail in North Carolina, mm-hmm. which oddly enough, I have also done because like I said, I got super into the YouTube and I've watched, you know, I would watch people like vlog their trips through yeah. the entire thing. Um did you ever, I don't know what sections you did, but did you ever like do the Chio Bald Peak and everything? Or what, what sections did you do in North Carolina? I've done from um, the Approach Trail from, mm-hmm. uh, through Springer Spring and then up to uh, Hot Springs. So like the first like 300 miles of it. Um, this year I was like, because I, I can get into this in a minute, but I quit my job uh, and didn't pay rent or a mortgage for a year nice. uh, and just traveled. Uh, so uh, I sold my house and took half the money from my house and just like, traversed the earth and went to places I always wanted to go, not having the time to really travel and go do that stuff. But I got to walk the Appalachian Trail with through hikers because every other time I went was like July when there's like no only section hikers out there. Right. So getting to hike with people like in a bubble of actual hikers that are doing the whole trail post COVID um, was, was really cool. But it is like there's people who are just fresh out of college or out of high school who like, oh, have, it's, you know, it's the spectrum is I, I ran no, into everybody. There's three groups though. Like there's three <laughs> groups. This is what it is. It's like people in their like early twenties. It's people that are retired, and yep. then it's people like me who are forty and having a midlife crisis and like <laughs> just out there and doing it. You know, That's true. It's That's like true. Those, those are the three groups of people. But like depending when you go, the section hiking is pretty cool too because there was times I went out 2020 during COVID, and I, there was days I didn't see a single soul. Yeah, like I, you know, because Georgia didn't close the trail down. So I, I hiked the Georgia chunk that year. Nice. Um, I think other states closed the trail down, but I was like, you know, Georgia and Florida, we, they, their COVID didn't exist. Like, you, whatever. It didn't, it didn't hit those states. That's, that's you do whatever true. you wanted. That's true, yeah. yeah. I mean, you lived it. I lived it. It was, it was very exactly. strange. Exactly. That was such a strange thing because we started doing the Zoom interviews uh, during that time because prior to uh, COVID and all that shutdown stuff, um, I would just have the bands over to the house, you know, and I lived close to the venues and here in town and I still do, uh, you know, I would bring them over to the house and we would just sit on the couch and just like have the podcast. We, that's usually how we do this. But when COVID hit, we yeah. started doing this, but I also started talking to everybody, you know, about like how they were doing during COVID, like what's it like for COVID where you're at. And it was just so strange because <clears throat> this is way early on in the pandemic too. Things here were not how they were out there. And I had yeah, to kind of like, I kind of had to not say a lot. I had to kind of like, you know, I never really talk about this, but I had to like hold back a lot when we were, we were talking about that stuff because, you know, it's viewing the eyes or, or, you know, viewing the situation through the eyes of a Floridian was different because it really, yeah. regardless of where you stand on the subject, it didn't seem like we down here, we got a bad rap for sure, it, but it didn't seem like a whole lot changed once, you know, the initial 
the initial scare was obviously every everyone took it seriously and not that we yeah didn't. like those for like two weeks yeah <laughs> we shut yeah. down we shut down but then people were like ah oh, screw that you know what I mean and um it was just strange how that kind of played out but not to get down that rabbit hole but I, I still want to talk to you about the the hiking things that's cool yeah 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 um, we, we can everybody's talking about COVID <laughs> yeah. enough like we, we all talk, we all yeah, know it's fine we, beat we, don't, it. we beat that we dead horse to, to death yeah. over here on the podcast for sure for a year and a half but um yeah so that was one of the coolest things that I did actually was, um, you know, I, start, I started looking up those videos on like people hiking and whatnot. And then for some reason, Chihuahua Ball kind of like stood out to me because it was, you know, it's like 40, uh, uh, 54,000 or 5,400 feet up in the air. And, you know, in North Carolina and like the top of the mountains kind of like bald. So you could kind of see all around. And, um, I, you know, I just visually saw that on YouTube. And then, you know, I said, screw it. Uh, the, the person I was with at the time, her dad had a house that just happened to be like, you know, 20 minutes away from where the trail was at near that area. So we just took a week and I went up there and did it. And it was just kind of cool to like, you know, you see something online for so long, like, you know, like yeah. an Instagram post or something like that. And then you just show up there and it's crazy. Like you were saying how, how different amounts of people at different times of the year are on there. Cause we went in yeah. November. So it was kind of, you know, kind of cold. Oh, wow. And, we took the dog and, you know, and it was all just like the leaves are changing and stuff like that. And, you know, you, yeah, get, to yeah. the, you get to the top of the, of the bald and it's just like, wow. And nobody was up there and we stayed the night up there, which probably wasn't the best idea. Cause it get, it got to like, you know, 28 degrees with the wind whipping and stuff. But Oh yeah. Yeah. That you, you camp. I mean, I'm always tempted to camp on top of a bald or camp on top of a mountain, but all you need is just one storm to rip through and like yeah. you're, you're just toast, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah Luckily especially in the winter winter. man like i i would love to be out there in november when you're all bundled up and like that's that's a different beast than uh the sweaty monstrosities that i would hike (laughs) but even like hiking through georgia in the in the summer in july there'd be nights that would get down to like 67 on top of a mountain you know like some of those shelters are pretty close to a peak uh and it, it was pretty nice so how many how many nights were you guys out well we had i had three days scheduled for it and um where we started was the Nocatee Outdoor or the Nanahala Outdoor Center. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where we started. So you we walked through there, and then it's about a seven and a half, eight mile hike to the top of the bald. Which going south or going north? Going north. So you okay. go north from you go north from the NOC, and and you're there like eight miles. Because um, the climb going south is just brutal. Is it? So did you go? Yeah, yeah. Did you go north to south? I've oh, done no, both. no, no, no. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, because you said you started at Springer, so that's south and north. Well, right? the first year I did Springer, and then the next year I went through the Smokies uh, going south to to the Knock. Uh, and then the other year I started then at the north end of the Smokies and went up to Hot Springs. That's what I cool. did this year. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we got there, and, you know, I hadn't – this is something I'm not like a hiker. I never really did any kind of, like, outdoor hiking like that. So, you know, we're, like, completely green we have like canned food in our bag. Cause I thought, you know, that seemed like a great idea. No, no sure, weight yeah. problems there, no weight or anything, you know? Nope. So <laughs> it was Don't, a brutal. Uh, you know, hiking out with uh, cans is, is always fun, you know? Yeah. We know that now, but um, yeah, it was, it took us uh, two days to get to the top. Cause we were just like, you know, flat level ocean level terrain citizens. Yep. And then walking yep. up those inclines, it was, it was brutal, man. Um, but we, we spent, we spent three days up there, uh, on the mountain, so to speak. And, you know, up there and back sure. down, but the morning that we woke up after, you know, freezing all night on top of the ball, <clears throat> like clouds and low, you know, low hanging mist and stuff like that just kind of like all came in through the, the valleys and we woke up and like, we were the only thing on top of the clouds, 
uh, that morning oh, at seven o'clock in the morning. So it was like, yeah. it was like, oh fuck, this is all worth it. Like it's so crazy because like you, you, again, you're up there and everything is just so grand because you're seeing so much. You know, like there's so mm-hmm. much land and you just you know there's no real civilization around you. And luckily, we didn't have like a lot of through hikers or, or hikers coming through when we were there. So like it was very like remote feeling and it was just like cool, you know, and like just seeing all that it makes you really, I, I've died. I've been wanting to go back so bad. And, you know, me and my buddies, uh, I have a buddy who's in the, who's in the service and he's about to get out in a couple of years, like three years. And that's kind of like our goal. Like once he gets out, we'll all take time off somehow and like do the whole thing as a group. Cause that it's just like an awesome, you know, thing like for I'm- someone who's, someone who's interested in hiking at all or even not i think like if you look that stuff up it is just insane how like quickly you'll get into it well yeah and just getting out there there is a trail there's a hundred mile trail in south carolina that goes i think from the ocean towards the mountains Mm. um i forget the name of it it's not it's not the land to land to sea trail but it's something like that um but there there are trails all over the place and just getting out and doing like one overnight finding yeah. a loop and, and hiking. That's, that's kind of where I started too, just doing little loops, loops, you know, or we drop one car, go out on a Friday, come back on a Sunday night. Um, and just really learning like weight of food and what food to bring and how to prep <laughs> yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And the thing that I think I forget every single year is I'm only bringing one shirt. I don't need more than one shirt. It's <laughs> all going to get stinky. It's all going to get soaked. No one's going to want to come near me anyway. So like, you don't need to bring all this stuff. And every year, Three days in, I hit a post office and I mail like 10 pounds yeah. of shit back home. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't even, and I, I should know by now, like how to have my pack dialed in and lightweight, but like, you just, you bring like, oh, I'm going to bring like this book and read it. No, you're not. Yeah. You're going to get to the campsite <laughs> and you're going to sleep, you know, like, oh, I'm going to bring, I'm going to write, I'm going to write lyrics and work on songs. No, you're not like, don't even bring that stuff. Yeah. You're there, just in a different world. Yeah. And it is, um, or I, you know, like, I don't know, I'm going to need this piece. I'm going to bring a chair. So I know you don't need those things just the bare essentials to keep yourself alive, which is, you know, back to it. Like, it's just, what do you need to keep yourself afloat and keep yourself alive? And it's all on your back and you're, you're hiking it, you know, you're, you're lugging it up the mountain and down the mountain and you're going to places that, um, that are unaccessible. Otherwise you have to walk up Mm -hmm. to get to that ball, to get to that viewpoint, to get to that campsite, to be on top of the clouds and have that view where you're the king of the world. You're the only human being that exists, you know, like, in that moment. Um, and it, that's, I think it's, it's just realigning for me. And I, I'm sure you felt the same way being of up course, there. Yeah. It's just like, wow, like all that shit that I was worried about doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? it, 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 it did put a lot in perspective. And then also like I did get to uh, camp at the top of the ball, like I said, and like, you know, you're out there with limited light pollution in those areas of the world, you know what I mean? And you're elevated too. So like when the sun, I'm sorry, when the sun goes down, and the night sky comes out, you know, like that was like the first time I'd really seen like as much of the Milky Way as I could see, you know, and I, that was part of it too. Like that was a whole part of me trying to go out there because I yeah. know that light pollution in like the city area and just, you know, certain places off the highway have limited visibility at night with the dust and the, and the reflection of the lights coming, you know, so it was really cool to see that. And it just puts you into perspective. And like I said, some of the coolest pictures I have are of me up top of that ball just being like, you know, I had a, a big, I had a much larger beard back then. And it was sure. just like very like Bushman, you know, but I totally was not Bushman. So, you know, it was my first, you know, foray, foray out there, but. But um, you did it. You did something that most people will never do. 
You know, right. even if it is hiking up and being out there for three days and right. having enough food and knowing, you know, like how to, you know, did you bring water filters or did you guys lug your water up or did you just drink straight? We had cam- we had cam- well, we had camelbacks and then we brought like um, the little pills that you put in there, which sure that that really was not ideal. That yeah, I probably should have just drank the water straight up. But. Well, the the Sawyer squeeze that you can just take that fits yeah, onto a small salt. water bottle. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it's not the it's not the straw. It's just like a, it's a filter, and you squeeze it out into a bag or whatever, yes. and then you can fill up your camel pack that way. That's the way to go. And like, I just would meet people, and I I, I had this little tiny bag, and I was trying to fill up my water, and then this guy's like, "Oh, I bought this silicone two liter uh, water bag off Amazon." And I was like, that's genius. You only have to go down to the spring one time. You have two liters of water. Yeah. I'm sitting here just going back and forth, just to trying to cook all day. And like you just, everybody there is just, all they want to talk about is gear. It's like being on tour. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's just yeah, like, yeah. It's like, yeah. So like what amp do you have? It's like, oh, so what kind of backpack are you using? And like, yeah. that's just, people out there just want to talk about hiking. You know, yeah. so it's like can, every other hobby, but. The people that you run into, it's funny you were talking about like what to pack and what to bring. It's like the more seasoned people that you you see out there are like, as minimalist as possible you know yeah. they just sleep on the ground or something like that for the most part right they have like the little very small little padding you know that they fold up which is that's another thing too is <clears throat> what i thought was very strange is when i started researching and a lot of people probably don't even know this and you brought this up earlier how there's there's a water source and there's a shelter some kind of shelter some you know some are more glamorous than others but there yep. are shelters every few miles so it's not like you're i mean technically you are definitely out in the woods you're out there on your own. Yeah. And there are times when I'm hiking on the trails, I'm going like, holy moly, this is like for real dangerous. Like you could just fall, you know what I mean? Like you yep. just fall and you're hurt slash dead and no one's coming. So, you know, it's definitely dangerous, but there's shelters everywhere, you know? So like there is that, that feeling of like, okay, well somewhat safe, you know, but it, you're, you're definitely out there on the elements. Yeah. They, um, I think it was um, Charlie's Bunyan is in the Smoky Mountains. That was the sketchiest. There is like, that's the only like ridge line where it's like the mountain and like the trails, like on the side of the mountain. And then there's like, another drop off here, you know? So like, you're just yeah. like walking across and you're like, well, I mean, like, what am I going to do? Go back? Yeah. Like, there's nowhere to go back. I have there's, to go forward. It's the there's only no rope. There's no rope. There's no handrail. It's, it's, kind of, it's really Nothing. primitive. Yeah. Super primitive. You only have the white blaze and like, you better hope you find that every couple of, you know, hundred feet or so. But, um, yeah, we could talk about hiking all day, so let's get off of the stuff. Wait, all right, so let me try. Yeah. Uh, this is a great yeah. segue then, because you said White Blaze. I could segue back to the cover. Um, so we're doing three different covers for the singles. Uh, our friend Chris Lapinto from Chicago uh, did a great job, I think, giving us, like, a new logo, uh, new kind of style of artwork that, like, just feels fresh and, like, a new take. It but if great. you look I at have that, to em- comment on that, that, that Empire Pine stuff. The imagery is all cool. As a designer, I definitely enjoy that. Yeah, there's, there's a little orange blaze on one of the trees on the cover of Empire Pines. So that's the Florida Trail blaze is the orange oh, blaze. Nice. Uh, so like that, you know, if you're a Florida Trail person, you can look for that, zoom in on it. Um, and then Rotten Decay has a, um, a deflated possum carcass that, uh, so I, I mean, I, I, I'm going to tell the story of it because like I've kind of like have put it out there. So I kind of got to, but like I went through probably the worst depression of my life through covid uh, went through a divorce, went through like living all of COVID. My dog died like a couple weeks into mm. COVID. It's basically a country song. Like my wife left and my dog died and COVID started like all at the same time. Sorry um, to hear that, man. And yeah, it, it was, it was like, I felt like I grew six years in six months, you know, mm. like it pushed me into some really dark corners of my mind and of my life that I just didn't, uh, I'd not dealt with or thought about much in, in processed. And like at that point in my life, I'd never really gone to therapy much either. 
Oh, okay. uh, so big fan of therapy now, I'll tell you that yes, because it, it really helped a lot to get me through what I, and hopefully I think a lot of people through COVID found out that they needed it. <laughs> yes, um, I, I had little, so. you know, little chunks of life where I kind of touched on it and, and had a couple sessions with somebody, but nothing really sincere and long-term as far as growth. Um, but this, the story is that I just like, there's a couple moments I'm like in my house and I, I, there's a Domino's pizza right by my house, right? So I was going and getting Domino's and I ate a whole pizza and I put it down on the couch and I realized I put the Domino's pizza box on top of yesterday's Domino's pizza box that was <laughs> yeah. still sitting on the couch, which is hilarious, but also just like a holy shit, dude. Like a wake up moment. Whoa, too, like, yeah. yeah, wake up moment. And then like immediately afterwards, I went outside and I realized I'd knock on, I had this beautiful backyard full of like all these plants that I, I, I fruit trees and orchids and just I, you know, big plant guy. So like I had all this stuff in, the back in the background. There. Yeah, yeah, this my I'm just working on my collection now. But um, I had not gone back there in like weeks. So backtrack two weeks. I was taking compost outside and the lid was off the compost bin. And I was like, what the hell? That's weird. Why is the lid off? Like I always put the lid back on. Otherwise, you get like flies and all kinds of crazy right. stuff. Um, so I went to go grab. I put the compost in. I grabbed the lid to put it back on. And this little tiny hand like touched my hand i look over and there's literally just a possum sitting there and it just had like touched my hand to be like hey what are you doing with my trash and i was like oh my god you're so adorable like what you know at first i was like ah yeah like, oh my god like you're so adorable it's so fucking cool uh and i was like i'm not gonna give you my trash but like i could see how you would think that as a human i'm like you're like bring i'm bringing my trash outside it's clearly for you like i, I get this whole thing um, so now fast forward two weeks, I go outside and like the possum had ate some rat poison that I'd put out and like had not just died, but like had already decayed to just being like a flat piece mm. of like fur on the ground. And I just like broke down and like I had a, just a straight, just mental break. And I was like, I can't take care of this house. I can't take care of myself. Like I am incapable of living in this world. Like I just had a, um, a panic attack, like full on. Uh, and I went inside and then I just like kind of got myself to a calm place. And then I was like, you live by yourself. Nobody's coming to clean that thing up. Like that was your mistake and you've got to deal with that. So I went and got a shovel and a garbage bag and like disposed of the, 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 what was remaining of the possum. But I was like, in that moment, I'm like, I need to take a picture of this because I'm going to like, want to remember this right. like, situation, this scenario, like this is really symbolic for me like to just conquer death in this way or conquer whatever this, like everything falling apart. Like I, I need to like clean this up. Like I need to clean my life up. Um, and so that, that picture is on the cover of Rotten and Decay, which is what that song is about, which is probably one of the reasons I, I stopped wanting to write songs through COVID was I just felt like I was in this really dark, depressed place. And I didn't want to put that out there because it's like, I don't want to sing these songs for the rest of my life. If I continue right, to be in dead right, to fall, right. like I don't want to have to relive this moment that I'm feeling, you know, like that's, I just don't want to. And so I don't want to write lyrics like this, but like these getting to sing these songs and put that, especially that song to put some of the stuff that I needed to put in there. Um, Cause the chorus is just talking about like, I wanted to be forgotten and allowed to just decay. And I, if you don't have anybody in your life and you don't allow anybody to love you, you can't get hurt. Um, and, and what, and I think I felt that way a few times in my life and it's not how I feel right now. And it's not how I feel all the time, but I think it's a message that like, it's, it's okay that I felt that way and I needed to express it in some sort of way. Um, so being able to put that on this song was really just, it felt like a full circle, like stamp on like, yes, like 
this is this is something that you dealt with and something you still continue to deal with these like just moments of like not even not necessarily even like wanting to kill yourself but not wanting to be alive and exist right. in the world you right. know um and so that is the the other piece of art um and then Cerro de la Muerte the first one the artwork for that one is a picture of this mountain in Costa Rica called the mountain of death um and I spent a lot of time in Costa Rica this year um my my current partner is in in Costa Rica uh, and she's phenomenal, but like we would cross Cerro de la Muerte to go to uh, the beach or to go anywhere south of, of Cartago where she lives, we'd have to go to um, cross this mountain. And I was like, it's called the mountain of death. That is so <laughs> fucking metal. Like, hell yeah. yeah. Uh, and so like, I, you know, like it was like probably we'd know we'd met like three days before we were crossing that mountain. I was like, we have to listen to Slayer, like put it on. We're listening to Slayer <laughs> as we cross this mountain. Um, and then I had written this chorus that was like, uh, this is my mountain. I built it myself. Um, and so the first verse talks about like, it's a, the mountain of trauma, the mountain of bullshit, the mountain of just like, ear like just overwhelming emotion that we, we feel in our lives. Like it's just all the things that happen to us as we get older and go through life, they continue on. Uh, and it, the first verse is talking about how this mountain just piles up on top of you and you're like, it's crushing you. And you just like, accept that I'm just going to live here in this cave underneath this mountain of crap. Uh, and like, this is my mountain. I built it myself. I'll stay here forever. I don't need anybody else. Mm -hmm. Right. So then the second verse is talking about like crawling your way out of that and climbing up and standing on top of the mountain and declaring yourself like a victor over it and being like, yeah, this is my fucking mountain. I built it myself, you know? Um, and then at the end, I had the, the, the mosh sing-along breakdown, you know, end this song with a breakdown, Dead Default Classic, uh, was, uh, this, you know, Call Me Death. Uh, and I was like, all right, well, that I'm going to call it Cerro de la Muerte. Like, it's, it's about a mountain. It's about a death mountain. Like, this makes sense. Um, which is cool because now I've gotten, like, a bunch of people from Costa Rica who are like, yo, is that... <laughs> is that about Cerro de la Muerte? And I'm like, it, it, it is. Like, kind it's not about is, that about, mountain, yeah. but it kind of is. Like, it ties into it. And then I would explain, like, I've been in Costa Rica. I spent, like, three months there this year uh, and crossed that mountain a bunch of times. Nice. And so, like, yeah, the, the artwork for each just has a very, like, symbolic meaning to me and to what the song is about. And they're all kind of about conquering the darkness and conquering the, like, the I, – I don't even know how to describe it. You know, that just, like – that anxiety, that just yeah. <clears throat> nonsense that fills your brain, that tells you you're not good enough. Yeah, um, oh yeah, for sure. Imposter syndrome you know? thing, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's, you know, none of us are good enough, and we're never yeah. going to be, you know. So that is like a, um, I tried to have like an image that ties to the song, because each song is, is tied to a physical location and to a physical, like a, to a tangible memory yeah. of, of my life. Uh, and they're all kind of, if we do put it out on a physical release, it will be... <clears throat> something excuse me something called a uh a, a florida themed because they all kind of have to do with uh the things that i, I went up went through in florida um and so i i we, one of the reasons we want to do these like small pockets of releases is like if i have three or four songs that are tied into a theme it makes right. sense to put those out together uh as one thing and maybe a seven inch if we have a physical product but physical product we don't have a label you know we're doing everything ourselves right now which is a awesome place to be in in 2022 because it's so easy you know you just upload <laughs> yeah. it and put it out there and people listen to it uh you have your friends do videos you have your friends do art yeah you know people now that do that stuff completely just, different than 20 or 10 years yeah, ago you know i don't need this like this mystery <laughs> how does music get released thing it's just now it's just like i submitted to the distribution company and they put it out 
You know, I pay yeah. a one-time fee. It's, it's pretty simple. Um, so I think what we're going to do uh, to segue back, you know, we're going to keep circling back to the first thing we tried <laughs> to talk about, uh, is doing small chunks of releases. Uh, I envision three seven inches um, yeah. that would total about 10 to 12 songs uh, that have different like ties to eras of my life. Um, so I'd like to do one about the Midwest and about like winter. Um, and yeah. then, uh, probably one, I was born in Europe. I moved to the States when I was six and now I live in Europe again. Um, and I, it's a desert climate. I've never lived in a desert climate. So like, it might be something I'm ready to start writing about my life here by the time I get to the third one. Um, and then maybe we could put all three together onto a, uh, uh, one release with some more bonus songs. And, and yeah. Cause then you have an album, you know, you have basically nine, you know, nine tracks, right. which is almost like a full length album. Sometimes it is a full length album. So. Yeah. And the way people digest music now is basically one song at a time or three or four songs at a time. If you mm. put out a full length, your fa fan fans, like your people who really like you are going to listen to the whole thing. But like the, the like ADD nature, I know I do this with Spotify. Right. I'll just be like, all right, three songs in next album. Shuffle. You know, like, yeah, yeah. shuffle it up, you know? So I think um, it's easier for people to process at one song at a time. It does kind of suck. I'm realizing when you go on Spotify, that'll be like knocked down below the albums. It'll be like, you have to click on each one. You can't just listen to them all. So mm -hmm. I think having them tied together onto a release eventually will take the singles down and then have like one release for maybe because we did No One's Coming to Help, which sounds very different because it's like, we did that one in our friend Casper's bedroom. Like we didn't even go to a studio for it. It was just like during that was COVID. the one that was the yeah let's say 2020 release or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. We did it as a fundraiser for our friends at the X-ray Arcade in Milwaukee, Arcade, yeah. and then M Empire Productions in Chicago. Um, and like I think we raised like 500 bucks for each of them, uh, mm -hmm. just because they were struggling to stay afloat. You know, it's like people who have supported us through our whole careers. Um, Andy Parman is somebody who booked all our shows in Milwaukee uh, for a long or a lot of our shows in Milwaukee for a long time. Uh, so we wanted to, to support them in some way that we could. And plus we had the song ready. So yeah. it's just funny now to mm -hmm. listen to it compared to recording at Bricktop with Pete. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> the, this, difference. <laughs> the difference is pretty striking between the, the like the, the strength of the, cause it was programmed drums, not live drums. Mm. It was us just kind of like figuring out how to do this uh, digitally, you know, but yeah. living in different places, it, it makes it, a, that's the only way to do it. So you, you brought up, you know, what you guys, what you kind of personally went through and such with your divorce and just depression and such and COVID and everything like that, which, you know, honestly, you share, I know that might seem like you're the only one going through that at a particular time, obviously, but, you know, I too also went through a, uh, a lull in that time period where the relationship that I was in fell apart. I didn't, <clears throat> my dog didn't die, but the dog that me and that partner got together, that basically left my life altogether yeah. as well. Um, yeah. So, you know, there are there were downs and ups and such like that. And I also went to a weird place in that time frame. But it sounds like, you know, you had your whole like uh, and I definitely want to get into the whole like not paying rent and just going around and traveling for a while because um, I didn't have the luxury of doing that. But, you know, it does seem like a lot of people who persevered through 2020 came out on the other end a lot better. And whether that's, you know, finding therapy or finding help or figuring out like I just kind of figured out that. I do have imposter syndrome and it is what it is. And I've talked about that on this podcast a bunch because I think it's, it's good to get that out there because, you know, I also don't feel like, I, I mean, I don't feel like I do the podcast good or I do anything good or, you know, even things that I'm good at that I feel like, yeah, I, yeah. like I just feel like, how am I here? Like cause how I got to this point where I'm talking to you and, you know, and at this point owning lamb goat, you know, like yeah, that's crazy to me. Cause as a kid, I used to come here and just post, 
you know, whatever and steal news from my little shitty website. And, you know, after one of the worst times of my life, now here I am sitting at the top of owning it. And it's just kind of crazy. And not, and other things in my life are going really well too. And it's just, sure. Maybe COVID kind of smacked me around a little bit, you know, and, and told me like, Hey, get to get, get it together. And I kind of just took that as like, all right, I'm going to get it together, I guess in my own way, but also overcome those mental hurdles of like, dude, I can fucking do anything. You know, like if I, if you really just put your mind to it, you can do and accomplish anything. And that goes with like hiking and that goes with like, you know, doing anything like these yeah. things, these things seem unsurmountable at times, but yet, and, and times seem fucking horrible and the worst you've ever had. And, you know, like you said, you don't really want to live anymore and all this stuff, but some of the benefits of having those times go down in your life are the times where you need those low, just like in hiking, you need the low valleys and the high peaks to keep going. And absolutely. When you're at the highest peaks, looking down on chill, like looking down on the bulb, you can see how far down the lowest peak was and where you've gotten to. And that's something that is as a person, you know, especially being in the hardcore scene and the motivating, you know, lifestyle that you, that, that comes with to see where you've come from is just such a fucking like, Oh man. You know, like I, I hate that I lived through that, but I'm also fucking glad that I lived. Yeah. Through, you know, I grew. I mean, you—that's the only choice you have, right? Is to, yeah. you got you have lived. You look backwards at it and like, did you grow? I mean, hopefully you did. You know, if you didn't, you probably don't know, right? So that is a, uh, and I think COVID shown a light on a lot of things, and I <laughs> yeah. think it was. Um, like with relationships, like you either got separated or you had a kid. That was like the two <laughs> things that like most people had happened, you know? Yeah. Uh, a lot of COVID babies and a lot of single, single people. Yeah, exactly. But it is um, the, the idea that you can do anything uh, and you might fail. You might not do it very well, but that imposter syndrome stuff is real as well. You know, like that is like, I still feel that way. Like, I'm just like, I still get astonished that anybody gives a shit about anything that I do. Right. You know, like. Or, or I, um, at Furnace Fest last year, I met a dude who had like the lyrics for, um, well, I don't even remember what song it was. I was at the Remembering Never show and this I dude just ran there. up to me. I yeah. saw you there, yes. Dude, I, I had to be there, man. Pete is my boy and like him him fighting like he did and then to come up and to yeah. just kill it. They were awesome. That was that was. I was really glad I could make it to that set. Yeah, we'll get into um, that. We'll get into that. Finish, finish whatever you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, concept. but he rolled up and he had he had my lyrics tattooed on his rib cage. And my first thought is like, oh man, you ruined it. Like you ruined yourself. You have this bullshit tattooed on you. But like, it is like, it's, it's mind blowing. Like something that I wrote down in my notebook that was like therapy for me or like my outlet or whatever was his outlet. And like, he found a way and he, he wanted to show how important it was. And I, I, I'm an asshole right now. Cause I can't remember what the song was, <laughs> yeah. but like, it was one of those, like a, a moment in passing it was like 10 seconds, this exchange. But like, I just, I, I pondered that one for a while. I was just like, this is, you know, like you, you touch people in ways in, in, in exchanges with people that you don't even know, yeah. you know, like the, just trying to be a good person and trying to be nice to people uh, can sometimes just do wonders. You don't have to like go out there and conquer everything and be the king of everything. You know, right. like it just, it can do a lot just to be a good person and be nice to people, you know? Yeah. And it's not just like, <clears throat> like where you say, like where you affect people's lives or, 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 you know, you know, do anything in someone else's life. It's not just like where you're coming from your perspective as like someone in a band where you're creating music that actually, you know, gets passed around and such like that, where you do have that, <clears throat> that happens more prevalently to, to those people. Like, you know, obviously more people maybe 
heed towards your lyrics because you know they're going through something but they also have access to that because you know uh, you're doing releases and you're assigned band and you're touring and stuff like that but also right. for those people who think that they don't have an effect on other people's lives like i talk to my friends all the time and i have one that i talk to all the one my best friend and you know after years and years and years and years i've known this guy for 20 years you know he still is like I'll say the most random small thing and it'll affect his life in such a way that's like yeah. insane. And he'll tell me about it. And I'm like, what? You know? So like, it's weird how you do alter people's lives just with even the most minuscule things that you personally do yourself. So like you do have an, like just people need to realize they do have an effect on the, the ones that they deal with on a regular basis and non-regular basis. And like you do have an effect on the world around you for sure. Yeah. And and that's kind of what I meant by just like, just being nice to people and just like being empathetic and trying to be understanding of what other people, uh, other people's perspectives might be. And just also knowing that you may not understand everybody's perspective. Um, I think that gives just a great viewpoint and a place to just be open to that. Um, because people affect me constantly and just like things people say to me, you know, like they'll just like bounce back in my brain years later. And it's just like, oh, that conversation and the sentence that someone said, they don't even remember saying it. Yeah, for sure. Right. For sure. For yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. It's, it, let's go back to the Furnace Fest. We'll tie it in to the current Furnace Fest going down in, the, in uh, two weeks. But yeah, cool, cool. <clears throat> I de- yeah, we definitely were there for the Iron City show with uh, Remember Never and Norma Jean. And um, I have to admit, I was on the balcony for most of the show, but. I hadn't seen Remember Never in a number of years. I had Pete on the podcast uh, and Pete and I kind of have like struck up this friendship in the last, you know, since having him on the podcast. He was one of the lucky ones that got to come over to the house and meet the dogs and all sorts of stuff. But he's the for real one. Yeah. 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 yeah Cause he was a, uh, you know, he's a big animal guy too. So uh, he, it was a great time meeting him and that. And, and I've always, you know, I've always loved all the bands that he's, he was in remembering never and until the end and all that other stuff. So, um, but yeah, I had to go down to the pit for that particular part of the show. Cause like, you know, it's just so nostalgic. I, I saw Pete and the boys at 2004 Hellfest, like the last Hellfest or 2005, whichever yep. one was the last one, you know? So well, oh five, I, I think it was oh five, the last, whichever one was canceled. Right. So was like, yeah, the one before that one, the, the, first, one, the yeah, last one in Jersey, right? Rexplex. Yeah. That one. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. you guys played that too, right? You guys were, yep. Yeah. At the same time as prayer for cleansing. Like I'm never going to get to see prayer for cleansing again. It's just the way it's going to be. Every gotta, time no. they do a reunion, I've got something that stops me from being able to go to it. Like gotta, now I live in Spain and I can't go. Yeah, you got to come. You got to fly back over because you, you – I looked. It. it was $1,200. I couldn't, I couldn't afford the flight. It's just the way it is. I literally was – because I'm dying and Pray for Clemson oh, yeah. and, and Code 7 playing like old – like, dude, I – yeah. I, try, I was like so – Anyway, really we played a little it. small room, and I remember the, like, the drywall pillars – there was like these pillars, like so. Yes. I'm like, nobody's gonna watch us. Prayer for cleansing playing at the same time as us, like. And then the room was packed. It was like wall to wall, and those like there was drywall on these pillars in this like room, and the drywall wasn't there anymore when we got done. So like, the people had just moshed so hard they had just like torn the drywall off, and I was just like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. That place was a total like, wreck, especially after the bad, you know, the the. Bad, uh, what is it, Lucky, Lucky 13? Oh, yeah, yeah. Riot. We left that, that day and we played a show in um, Wilkes-Barre with Mastodon in front of like 17 people. Nice. <laughs> nice. They have such a different crowd these days, Mastodon. Um, yeah, you know, they, they're doing something right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so uh, it was cool seeing you. I didn't, I didn't, we didn't exchange anything or I didn't say anything, but I saw you in the pit there uh, alongside me and whatnot, because obviously the show's going on and it's hot. And, 
fucking a lot of people are moving around on that floor. It was a, it was a good show, but you guys are playing this year. How did that kind of yeah. like, how'd, how'd you lead up to that? Was that something that they, you know, had reached out to you prior on? Cause you guys, re- you guys announced later than like the lineup was announced. Yeah. Like, so, um, the show. we, I, I don't know the political side of like, there was something I think with victory and like the organizers in the earlier years on why like they, there wasn't victory bands on the mm. earlier furnace fests. I believe, um, and I may be, you know, somebody's going to be mad at me for saying that or whatever, but uh, I don't know if it was like Tony had beef with somebody or like somebody had beef with him or what it was. Why would Tony but have there's beef only, with anybody? Well, I don't, that's, that's new. That's new news to me. I don't know. I did talk about Tony moshing at the Everything I Touch Falls to Pieces uh, CD release show that we played at Fireside Bowl with Rise Against. Uh, there was like 500 people at that and Tony, that was the last time anybody saw Tony Mosh. So that was, <laughs> I, I take some pride in that. That was awesome. Um, but so anyway, we never got to play any of the, oh, the original Furnace Fests, the, the first, those two years that they did or three years. Um, and then last year we tried to get on it and they're like, well, this one we're trying to get, you know, alumni, people who played it in the original years to go through first. Uh, and we can maybe get you guys on next year. Uh, and then we had a booking agent at the time and he was supposed to be getting us on it. And I was like, I was like, that's really all I care about is I just want to play Furnace Fest. Like I had yeah. so much fun. Like I just, I didn't even like, I didn't go as like anybody's guest list or anything. I think I bought a ticket because like tickets were super cheap because people got scared of that second, that third, whatever wave of COVID it was. Um, but like, take, I think I bought a ticket for like 90 bucks for like the whole weekend. Uh, and then I flew down, got it, stayed, slept on the floor at the, my friend's hotel. And just like, it would felt like I was like reborn. Like yes. I'm, I'm hanging out with people that I hadn't seen since I'd been playing shows. You know, um, I had like some healing conversations with people that I'd, I'd been at, been an asshole to. Um, I had some like really cool, like I haven't seen you in forever, like good embraces and great conversations. Um, I had like people, there was a guy behind me at one point I was in line to get a beer and this dude was like, are you the guy from dead to fall? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, I'm buying your beer. And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. That's great. Um, me, and, me and Matt Matera hanging out on the grassy knoll, uh, just like chilling like the old days and like just really getting to, to like spend some quality time with people that I've, I've loved and I've gotten to see. You remember like a couple years before that though, that old face filter like app that people yeah. take a picture yeah. of your face and like, yeah, yeah. it was that, but in real life. Yeah, like yeah, I was yeah. walking, walking around and like, except for everybody who was still vegan. The, the vegan straight edge people look exactly the same. And so there's something about that. Like, I was like, oh, you guys have a lifestyle that is working out for you. I can see yeah, that. Yeah. It's nicely done. Nicely keep doing done. What you're doing. If it works for you. Keep doing keep what doing. you're doing. So yeah. then our agent was trying, I think he probably sent a list of like 10 bands and like, you know, we didn't get pulled on it. Uh, and then at the same time, like we were not playing shows and we didn't have any plans to record anything. And like these songs were like kind of in limbo. Uh, I was traveling a bunch. And so he was kind of like, he was moving to a different agency. And he's like, I, you know, I got to like take you guys off my roster. You guys haven't played a show in like two years. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, I'm gonna, that makes perfect sense. So then I was like, well, what's the email for Furnace Fest? Let me just email the dude. And like, um, so I just shot an email straight up. I was like, hey, we want to play. What can we do? And he's like, well, we don't have any spots left, but maybe we can get you on one of the pre-shows. I was like, cool, like, we're down. And then he emailed me back a couple of days later. He's like, somebody dropped off. Do you guys want to open main stage Friday? I was like, 100% yes. I was hoping to play Saturday because I live in Spain. It's going to be, so I have to take two <laughs> days off work to get out there, but like uh, totally worth it. Like, it's just, I think it's a great way for us to play. Like people that live in the Midwest have probably seen us uh, at these handful of shows we play a year. We played Texas a couple of times. Uh, we made it out to New York and California a couple of times, but like haven't really played like a true like metal and hardcore festival. Yeah. 
you know. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to play for people who haven't gotten to see us since we started playing shows again. And I can tell even on like the Facebook comments, be like, oh, you guys are back. I'm like, well, yeah, we've been like diddling around for a little while. We've been doing a like, couple things here and there. But yeah, it's a good comeback because you, you, like I said, it pairs with the releases and it's all yep. just a great time. But yeah, Furnace Fest. And the 20th uh, anniversary fits in there. But yeah, course, the Furnace yeah. Fest is, is just like. A vibe. It feels, it's a vibe. But it feels like the fests used to feel. Like it feels like Hellfest used to feel. Yeah. I never went to the other original Furnace Fest, but all those just like dusty, crusty, you know, like DIY kind of like you don't know if the cops are going to shut it down or not kind of fest. Yeah. Um, this one's a, definitely more pro. Uh, For know, sure. Like, yeah. A hundred percent. You know, but I, I think, uh, and you know, like security really started to like the first day in that in the shed, they were like the, the security guards were like starting to freak out a little bit. Yeah. They're like, what's uh, going on? Oh no. That, I mean, there was somebody got thrown down the stairs like, and then like, there's people who are at the fest who just do security, who are like hardcore kids who just kind of stepped up and were like, Hey, you know, I think it was the cops actually. It wasn't like the security, it was the cops. And they're like, listen, we're going to handle this. This is our culture. These are our, this is, we understand like they're not trying to hurt anybody. They're right. just trying to like, they're just trying to walk on people's heads. Like it's yeah. fine. Just killing, know, like, they're crowd killing, moshing, and stage diving on people. But you know, it, right. it's all but everybody fun. signed up for this. Yeah, yeah everybody yeah, signed yeah. up for it. Um, but it was like, uh, and that moment was just kind of like, it was kind of cool to see the cops step back and be like, all right, well, you guys want to handle it, go ahead and handle it. Uh, and and then it just was fine. Like, yeah. I barely saw a fight. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't, I, don't, I don't even think I even, I mean, there was someone that got dropped, like, someone dropped over the the railing someone hit their head i think during knock loose or whatever one of the nights and that was like the only incident i kind of really heard they, about they got but, knocked a little loose yeah yeah but it wasn't something like people were there was no fights there was no nothing and like dude i mean thinking back to that last year and some of the coolest visuals were just like standing you know on stage and just looking at the crowd and just being like this is fuck like under that under the furnace stage and you know, you, you grow up watching those videos and watching those mm -hmm. DVDs and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden you're there. I've, I've said this before and, and like, you're there and it's just like, holy shit. Like the whole thing was just like captivating and like not to mention like the entire shed stage is just, it was mobbed. It seemed like every band that played yeah. there had like a giant crowd. Evergreen played at like one o'clock in the afternoon was like one of the first bands. And that stage, yep. that, that crowd was insane. And yeah, like the, I felt real bad for the security and like, you know, uh, I think I think Sunday they kind of got they reined it in a little bit and didn't have as many people like on stage and just around. But that feeling of that, like having all those people on stage, it just felt like those festivals from back in the day, like where, yep. where things weren't as dialed in as they are. You know, insurance wasn't as big of a part, and like all these safety precautions, so to speak, aren't really in place. But like again, no one's getting hurt, and those we all survived those times back in the early two thousands, late nineties, yep. and stuff. So you know, and it just felt like that time again. And it did really transport you back into like a time zone of like, or a time space of like yesteryear. But um, I mean, I, I messed up because like the whole time I had just like regular, whatever general mission wristband, <laughs> the first two days, I'm just like checking out shows. I was like already way too drunk by the time 18 visions played. And I'm, <laughs> I'm in the pit at some point. I saw a video of it. I was like, Oh God. That's like and daytime like, stuff sure. too. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I was chugging vodka or something. Uh, <laughs> I was shirtless moshing for 18 visions. Like, I'm like, this is like my, I, I love that band. It was awesome. Yeah. But like then darkest hour plays the last day. And I'm like, ah, you know, Tito will let me on stage. Those are my boys from way back then. Like I'll be able to, let me, let me just try. And then I go up to security. Who's like letting people on and off. 
And I walk up to him and I was, he's like, where are you trying to go? I was like, up there. And he goes, oh, okay, come on. And I was like, I should have done this days ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It was a great uh, time, but, especially for coverage, because covering it that way, like via stage, was really cool and getting the shots yeah. and whatnot. But yeah. That Comeback Kid set was one of the wildest sets I think I've ever seen. Like yeah. that was, that was incredible. Like they're, they're, they're a festival band. Like they're, yeah. he, like Andrew's, Andrew's one of my first out of town um, hardcore friends. Uh, nice. He was, when he was in figure four, uh, we, I went to this Christian music festival, Cornerstone, that's in, mm-hmm. in yes. Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was 15 and the, these people from Canada set up their tents overnight next to us. Uh, and that was, they had like a, um, in the, in the early parts on like the smaller stage, early parts of the day, you could sign up for like to play two songs. If you were in a band, uh, if you had like a demo and you wanted to play, uh, and so figure four signed up to play. And then that's when they got like signed and started like their like oh, little cool. bit. Figure four is like, you know, at the time I call him probably Christian buried alive. That was that's yeah, like yeah. the way they sounded to me at the time. But like he, he kept right next to us. And like, I've known him since I was 15 years old. And so like, we got to talk a little bit at the fest and then just to like, I haven't seen Comeback Kid in probably a decade. And I was just like, wow, wow. Like yeah. it just, it, they, they nailed it, man. They were, it was a really cool set. Um, they nailed it so good. See, they're, the only ta- they're the only band that's playing it again. Are they the only repeat? I think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, Figure Four is playing. Figure Four is so playing, sense, yeah, yeah. right? And Misery Signals is playing. Yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. there. <laughs> Two for right, one. And then they did the, they did the uh, Misery Signals um, song. Yeah, and Brenda right? will be there, too. Yeah, Brenda from Counterparts, was the he, he jumped in and helped with vocals during that song. And, That's right. You know, That's right. He'll be there this year, too, so maybe they might bring him up to not be hungover and do it this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I'm only there. I'm only there Friday because the times change. In order for me to be at work on Monday, I have to leave Saturday morning um, because there's no uh, there's no direct flights from Birmingham to Madrid. Like, yeah, I have to go to like Charlotte and then New York and then go to Madrid, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, I would really like to be there for the whole weekend again because that was just it yeah. was awesome. It's but I'll be there Thursday be. night. I'm gonna. Sure. I can't decide if I'm gonna go see on Earth or if I'm gonna go to the Be Well set. Um, which well, is McTiernan, McTiernan, Schleibaum and Be Well. Like that was probably one of my favorite unexpected performances was that really early Be Well um, yeah, set. Like, McTiernan and the stuff that he said, it reminded me of like going to the Knights of Columbus and hearing like, you know, like somebody preaching about like whatever and just like, yeah. and then just like going off on tangents about their beliefs and like how you need to take care of each other and like just saying stuff that made me be like, yeah, I want to be a better person. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And like it just felt like pure, organic, real hardcore. And I was like, you know, it's just Mc- Brian McTiernan. He's like, he's a legend. Mike Spryback, he's a legend. And they're on this band together. Like, awesome. You know, yeah. so I'd like to go see that set as well. So I'm torn on the pre-party, which one to go to. We'll be I obviously don't have tickets to either, but I'm going to try to pull, you know, pull my little strings. strings. Pull my John yeah. Hunt magic. Same. We're going to try to sneak in with Evergreen for the Evergreen on Earth show. Um, but I was going to say, if you're there, cause I know I asked you if you, what you do on Friday night, which you said you're leaving, but if you're there Thursday night, I'm pretty sure we're going to be at the same bar that I told you about. So like, if you want to cool, come, yeah, yeah. come by and hang out, we'll definitely be there after the evergreen show. I'm probably going to try to sneak the, or sneak those guys, drag those guys, the evergreen guys to that bar too, uh, that night. But, I mean, I'm um, down to hang out Friday night. I'm not leaving until Saturday morning, but like, cool, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, but it's also going to be an onslaught of people that want to try to hang out. So like. Who, oh, yeah. who knows what's going to happen? I'm trying not to like sign up for too many things, but I'm just, I'm just pumped to get to play. Um, I've ordered uh, 36 two-foot inflatable sharks and then eight six-foot inflatable sharks. 
And then I've talked to like a number of people who are, who are wearing shark costumes and have brought inflatable sharks. Cause we're playing jump fiesta. It's like, we've only played it twice mm-hmm. since we broke up. So we're playing jump fiesta early in our set. And I was like, all right, I, I just want a sea of inflatable sharks, like just <laughs> dominating the crowd. Nice. So, and like a, a full circle pit of sharks. So if you're there, uh, and you get there early, come to our merch table. Cause anybody, cause we're releasing, um, our 2001 demo on cassette tape oh, with nice. uh, friend club records. Um, and they're, they're, I don't think you've seen that like tape set that furnace fest does. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. like there a whole series of, of different tapes. Um, and we're one of those. Uh, and that was like the demo that got assigned to victory that we recorded with, uh, Mike Hasty from walls of Jericho in his studio in like 2001. So that, that demo is also like can drink. You know, it's like old enough now, like 21 <laughs> years old. But anybody who gets that, I think we're only going to sell 25 copies of it. And then I reprinted the uh, the, the iconic Chum Fiesta shirt with the, the blood splatter on the side. Right. So yeah. people that, that come thing. and get that before we play, uh, we're going to get, you get a free inflatable shark. Nice. That was a big thing. The side yeah, print, yeah. The, the side print was big in the hardcore, or the scene days back in the day. Um, oh yeah. Just ink all over everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, I want to get in, before we get off here, I want to get into the whole like, semi-nomadic experience that you lived at post-COVID. Yeah. I mean, we were bouncing around, but I, I definitely want to get into that and then the move to Madrid and everything like that. Uh, because sure. that, that was kind of, you know, um, surprising when we were talking because, you know, that, and again, I had to wake, this is the second, second podcast in a row that I've done with someone in Europe, which is rare. I've done European podcasts before, but not in a row. And this is the second time I've had to wake up early on the weekend to do it. So it's great. <laughs> but Yeah, it's really bizarre because I'm going to go watch like the, the Bears game that's at noon in Chicago at like 7 p.m. at my friend's house. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, um, you know, whatever. The divorce, yeah. depression, apart. COVID, Sold all that stuff falls apart. Uh, I'm a teacher. So I, in Florida, I was in schools. I was teaching. I did that whole school what do you, year. Um, before, um, you, before we get in, like, what do you teach? Like, yeah. is it elementary, middle school, college, high school? Elementary music. It's the, oh, the cool. best possible gig in the world. I jam with little kids all day. Um, I played French horn uh, in college. Uh, I w- always had this two-sided. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, and I was like an orchestra nerd. Like, I played in uh, Midwest Young Artists. It was a, a private orchestra in, in Illinois. Um, in just north of Chicago that had like, you know, people that went to like really big conservatories and like playing symphonies and stuff now were in that. And those were like my friends on the weekends. So it's like sometimes I would play a show on Friday night and I have to drive back to get to orchestra rehearsal on Saturday morning. Interesting. Um, in, in high school, you know, I, the, big, the big story was uh, to go see Zayo in Grand Rapids, Michigan and to drive back in a blizzard to make it back for rehearsal. It took us like nine <laughs> hours to do the five hour drive back. And the car spun out a bunch of times and like it was really dangerous, but I had to get back for rehearsal. Right, yeah. um, but I have this like I have like orchestral music and metal and like hardcore. Those are my two two sides of my musical kind of That's place. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, so when the construction gig that I was doing in Sanford, I didn't you know, I felt like I was like 10 bucks an hour shoveling like drywall scraps. I can't do this for the rest of my life. I got to do something else. Um, and I went back to school to finish my music degree. And so now taught elementary school music in Tampa. Um, and I love my school. I love my neighborhood, but I just came to the realization that it, I was done, you know, like I was done with Florida. I was done with that place. I just, uh, the healing I needed to go through wasn't going to take place if I stayed there. Um, and I wanted this, this, like, I loved the nomadic part of touring. I loved getting to, to see new places and see new things. And like, I had this list of all these places I wanted to go. And I was just, I just decided to sell my house, um, took half the money, set it aside, took half the money and just wanted to see if I could make it a year without paying rent or paying a mortgage. 
So I started out, um, it was Furnace Fest is close to the beginning of this process because okay, like cool. early August, we played uh, the show uh, with The Killer, which was essentially the Rumble in Chicago, the, the, the hardcore fest that Shane puts right. on there. Um, but like it was dead to fall playing. So we called it, we just called it kind of like a, uh, what, what did we call it? I don't remember. I called it everybody's birthday because it was my birthday party. I was like, <laughs> everybody missed their birthday last year. So this is everybody's birthday party. Uh, I think it had another name that, that we put on a flyer or something. Um, but that was like the beginning. Uh, and I packed all my stuff up. I, my, my best friend Sticks lives in, in Illinois. I dropped all my stuff at his house. I'd sold everything except for what I could fit in my tiny little 1999 Toyota Tacoma uh, in the back with the truck, like the cover on it. Um, hauled it all up there, dropped the truck off, uh, and then just kind of like started traveling. I did Riot Fest. I did Furnace Fest. Nice. I went out to California. And, um, Were you flying and driving or walking? I flew out for those. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, I flew out for the festivals. I stayed in Chicago. I went up to Wisconsin. I went to a wedding. Went back to, I threw kind of Illinois. I went and saw, um, I don't know if you remember the band Subsist. It was like a really, like a, a mid-central Illinois hardcore band, but they did a reunion show. That's and cool. I just happened to catch it as I was driving past. Dropped my truck off. Then I went to California. Hung out with my friend there, uh, Brandon. We did, did some hiking. Uh, and I saw Matt Matera. Stayed with him in San Francisco. Then I flew to, Cal to New York. Saw my boys in Harlem and then went and stayed with my, my high school best friend uh, and saw his, like, I hadn't even met his, like, second daughter yet. Mm -hmm. uh, got to, like, kind of just, like, experience my friends in their home and, like, the way that they operated and the way that they worked with their partners, the way they treated their kids, the way their kids behaved and just, mm -hmm. like, really got to, like, experience their life. And after not seeing people for two years, it was, it was really valuable to get that. Um, and then I went um, after New York. I went back to Illinois. We went to the Bears game in Detroit on Thanksgiving. Uh, oh, and nice. then I, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, me and the homies. Cause that was also like, that was the first anniversary of uh, like my anniversary was always around that time. Right. So it was the first year post that, that I was like, I want to go do something different. So like we, I went and did Thanksgiving in Detroit. It was dope. And I didn't even realize the date. And like, that was the whole purpose of it. I didn't even realize the date until it was almost over. It was one of those just like, oh, wow, this isn't that big of a deal. I thought it was going to be a big deal, but, like, I'm actually all right. Like, cool. Like, this is tight. Um, and then I, I bought a ticket to Costa Rica. Uh, was going to go to Chile and then Peru, but I ended up, like, my friends that were going to go with me ended up canceling because they got too, too close of contact to COVID, and then they didn't want to have to – you had to test in Chile at the time, so whatever. Long story. Went to Colombia, but that's when I met my girlfriend in Costa Rica was when I was there. I was there for, like, a month and a half. Went to Colombia, went back to Costa Rica, then came back to Illinois for, like, a week – then I went to Thailand for a month. Mm. Um, but while I was in Costa Rica, my one of my really good friends from high school is the director, one of the directors at the school here. And he messaged me and he was like, hey, you're kind of transient. Are you looking for a place to land? Do you need a gig? This music gig is open in Madrid. It's a pretty dope school. Uh, we've got a lot of great things going for us. Would you be interested? So I tossed my resume out that I interviewed and I was like, this is where I want to teach. Like this seems like the kind of place that really would support where I'm moving, I'm like kind of this is like the prime of my career now, you know, I've got a decade of teaching experience and I'm ready to really make a music program pop. So uh, I landed that job when I was in Colombia. They accepted the gig, uh, went back to Costa Rica. Then I went to Thailand. I had planned to do Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, like the whole cycle for three months. But because I needed to do all this visa stuff for the gig I got, I flew back to the States, uh, did a like a landscaping job for like six weeks, uh, stayed at my best friend's house, made a little bit of money, then went back to Costa Rica, uh, and then I came back, I worked, I, we, I go on the same vacation every year. I've been doing it for like, this was the 12th year out of 13 years. We didn't do it COVID year. Um, it's called the great feral escape. It's just like a bunch of friends that we met doing shows and through hardcore 
And when our bands broke up, we decided to start going on vacation. So I had to come back for that. And then I worked Lollapalooza, made some money selling beer to people. And then uh, flew to Madrid and I've been here yesterday with a month. Oh, which wow. is why I was like, I've been here a month. I haven't gone out into the woods yet. Uh, the Circania here is now like 10 euros for the rest of the year because they're trying to promote like to stop global warming and stop, you know, right. uh, also through because of the economic crisis and the, the energy crisis here because of the war. They made a decree saying that like for 10 euros, you can ride for the rest of the year anywhere you want. Um, and there's a train that goes like an hour and 20 minutes away to this spot that's got dope hiking. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna go check that out. And I did like a 13 mile hike yesterday, which, cool. you know, the, what is 20, 27 kilometers. I still got to get that math right. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, get the, uh, get the, uh, I haven't switched all right. trails to be, uh, in kilometers. <laughs> I, mean, I need to switch it over just to like, I was you know, wondering I did my run. My running app, I switched over to kilometers. So it's like, you're going to run a six minute kilometer. I was like, I don't need, I don't know what that is. Like I, that, that length of distance. It sounds fast though. It sounds faster than right, normal. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. Right, exactly. Because yeah. it's a shorter distance. So yeah. it sounds faster. Um, but yeah, no, I've been here for a month um, teaching. I, I love it. It's, it's just like a great school. It's a great spot to be in my career. I'm going to be here for at least a couple years um, doing this gig and then seeing what moves forward. But I don't think if I hadn't been like, let me just wipe the slate completely clean right. and not know where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do. Like I was buying tickets like five weeks before I went to places. Like just being like, this is where I want to go. I'm just going to go there uh, and just doing it, you know, and, like planning to a certain extent, but also just being like, when I got to Costa Rica, I didn't even know exactly where I was going to go. Mm. And I would just like meet people and be like, so what city did you come from? Like, and I'd stayed in hostels uh, in the bunk room where it's like five to 10 bucks. You're right. just like, but sleeping with like in a bunk room with like almost exclusively 20, 20 year olds. Yeah, yeah, like but you know, two year olds. You're also know? a tour you're veteran. So you, you so, yeah, yeah, lived no. those lifestyles. I just try not to be the like the 40 year old dude, like, you know, like you're trying to, you know, like there's a little bit of weird social thing there, but pe people were calling me they're like, they're, they're, uh, they're like shaman. I oh, had one yeah. guy, a dude from Mexico called me. Somebody else was like, you're my party dad. Like, just like, I was like, I guess I could be your dad. Like, that's pretty funny. It's but like yeah, whatever. Buscemi, I just, um, that's Steve Buscemi mean. Uh, it's like, how do you, how do you do fellow kids? <laughs> Hello fellow kids. But it was also just like, yeah, it was, it was tour, you know, but a lot easier because you're by yourself and you don't have to play any shows. Yeah. So like, you could just do whatever you want. Um, but the further I started in a very, like in Tamarindo, which was more, um, populated kind of touristic and just moved my way further and further South. By the time I got to the Osa Peninsula in the bottom, which is like really, really isolated, I stayed in this um, hostel. You had to get there by boat. You couldn't, there was like no roads there. And mm. like the boat took you down a river and then dropped you off at this hostel and like just got to see all these cool animals doing a jungle tour through the, um, the Corcovado National Park there. And like did, uh, did some snorkeling there and like just really fell in love with the place. So I'm trying to get back every chance I can. I mean, yeah. you know, me and the doesn't, boys. Doesn't, doesn't hurt that one of the sexiest women alive is also there. <laughs> Yeah, it's a plus. That's for sure. That's always a yeah, plus. Yeah. Uh, me and the boys, uh, my my core group of friends, we've always talked about going to Costa Rica and doing that whole situation for a while. So we may end up doing that. Um, how, I wanted to kind of touch base. Like, how do you like being back in Europe? Because like you said you're you're born there, and it's been quite some time since you actually resided there. And obviously, you've yeah. lived in not only the states, but you lived in Florida uh, during you know one of the weirdest times in the country's history uh, of all time. So. Uh, how how has it been living over there? And then you know, do you do you see other than like you just kind of touched base on like the energy crisis with the the conflict out in Ukraine and Russia? Do you guys see anything like with like how does that affect you guys? Or are you uh, in in Madrid and how does it affect Spain? Because like it it affects us in a certain way, but you're way closer and you're way you know you're in that little area of the world. So how do you like being back in Europe and how does that affect it? 
Um, I, I'm, I really like it in the sense that it's just like, it's a walkable city. There are like a billion, I'm right in the center in a neighborhood called Lava Piez. And there's just like restaurants galore and like awesome places to check out, um, to eat. The, the food here is just unbelievable. Um, there's a, a Senegalese restaurant on my block that is premium and I've never had Senegalese food before, but it's just like, you know, African food is just a thing you don't really like. You have like one restaurant in every city, maybe if in the that, States, yeah, like if that. if that, you know? Um, but like maybe one Ethiopian restaurant or something, but it is, it is pretty cool to, to see like a diverse amount of, um, food and people take it seriously here. Like, uh, and that real, that Mapa's culture of like sitting, you sit down and hang out for a while yeah. and nobody has their phones out. Um, and I, I see that as a different in, difference in the culture. I'm still absorbing a lot of what the culture is here. Um, it's a loud culture. People don't have a problem with like being up really late at night and yelling. And like, people don't have a problem with just like, uh, talking loudly you yeah. know and it feels like certain parts of the states in that sense but those are, <laughs> those are things like i'm the foreigner here so i'm just absorbing what, right. what it is um i do like not having to have a car being able to take a train places plus really you can nice. travel like other countries fairly easy in europe you know yeah. the train system and the, even the flights are fairly cheap you know well, i don't know I, right yeah, now, I, but... I can get to barcelona in like two uh, for two three hours on a high-speed rail yeah. you know um and I think the, the energy is probably the part that's affecting us the most because we are farther away than almost every other part of Europe from that conflict. Right, right. Um, you know, like Spain is, is pretty, and even like I was looking at tours, it's like all the tours like go to France and then don't want to cross the Pyrenees Mountains to go that's to Spain. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard, yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, but I'm stoked, like, you know, you got the Gate Creeper shirt on. We already talked about our Gate Creeper tie-dyed <laughs> shirt collection yeah. uh, before we started the interview, right? Yeah. But uh, Gate Creeper's coming with Lamb of God, and I'm, I'm pumped on that. Um, and then Carcass is playing the same night that Cult of Luna is playing. And I'm like, how is it that there's like barely any shows and like these two shows right. I want to see are at the same night? You know, That's so whatever. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to Cult of Luna. Like, <laughs> I, I love I love Carcass, uh, but Cult of Luna is just a, a live experience uh, that you can't like. For it's sure. that's 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 the one to go see for sure. Plus, it's a smaller venue, a little more intimate. Um, but I am I'm still really trying to absorb like how much I I like it. There's differences for sure. Um, being away from your friends, being away from the, the people that you can just be like, hey, let's go hang out. I don't have a problem meeting people. I'm pretty social, but it is. I'm also my Spanish sucks. So like I've, I'm learning it slowly, but surely like just to put it in perspective in December is when I really remembered that there are different gendered nouns and like the O and the A at the end of the noun affect like the gender of it. And I was like, that's how little Spanish I knew. Right, so right, like right. I'm I am just like I'm new to all of it, but I'm I'm getting there. Uh, the school I work at offers some lessons, which is nice. Um, so I, I, w that's one of the reasons I wanted to come here too, is I do believe like learning Spanish, if you want to be a teacher is a super important thing to be able to, to know. Um, and I think it's just something else I need to grow in. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited for that. Uh, you know, but it turns out I teach at a school that teaches in English. So if, and I, all the people there are Americans or speak English natively. So like if I, I need to get outside of that circle to really just dive yeah. into the Spanish, um, it is um, the part that is fascinating to me is I feel like we talked about this earlier on Florida had its like resurgence out of COVID so long ago. And then I was in California when it felt like it was like people are taking their masks off when I was there. And I was in New York when that was happening. And like Furnace Fest was one of the times that people, first times that people were together again, same with right. Riot Fest. And like people were just going off and the energy was just vibrant and like just beautiful. Like everybody's just like ready to live their best life at that moment. And like it's happening right now here oh, because wow, yeah. the, the controls were so much tighter in Europe that it's just like the festivals came back this summer 
and like the people going out and like being in like a, like being around each other it's like everybody's popping off and like i'm like i just felt like i've gotten to like do a little covid tour like, <laughs> same with with um with costa rica it was like the masks were coming off when i was there because yeah. uh, like i feel like i've just gone from like the most like we don't give a shit place florida to like then just like segueing all the way now to being into europe where they had like way tighter controls you're the thailand when i was yeah maybe it is me right <laughs> yeah. but when i was in thailand that was still like Thailand was crazy. It was like people were outside on their scooters driving through the city wearing masks. And I was just like, they take the government mandate serious there. It's like you follow the rules. Like there's no, there's no option not to. Um, so that, that was, that was, it was like, oh wow. Yeah. The world still is locked down. Like I totally yeah. forgot about like, that's Asia hasn't stopped. Asia is still pretty locked down. Um, you know, you keep hearing about China continuing right, to. Right, right, right. So I think that is a, um, it's a beautiful place to be, to see that, that um, rebirth of like social life uh when when you pop into places i'm curious how furnace fest is going to feel this year because it's now last year was everybody's like yeah we're back at it and like yeah. oh yeah i love this and like maybe you'd gotten apathetic and like your nostalgia had waned because like you'd gone to school and you'd had your kids um and like you know you'd, you'd done life and like you'd stopped going to shows and furnace fest felt like the crowd was mostly like in their 30s oh yeah yeah, you know, yeah like for sure it, there was a younger crowd there for some of the stuff, but it was but just the bulk like, of it was, was the bulk of it was our demographic for sure. Yeah, yeah. People thinking they could mosh and like stop in ten <laughs> seconds in because like they're out of breath. You know, a like, lot of hurt, a lot of hurt back, sore backs at the hotel every night. Oh, dude, I went. I, I, this was the premium move, and I highly suggest anybody watching this that's going to Furnace Fest pre-book this. You're gonna get a bangover on the first on Saturday morning. You're gonna wake up. Your neck is gonna hurt, probably from the dead to fall set. That's what I'm yeah. hoping, but. I woke up Saturday morning and my neck was so stiff. I popped on my phone. I said, massage is near me. I went and booked like an hour and a half massage and like it was a game changer. Nice. So book yourself a massage for Saturday morning before you go back into the fest. You, 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 you know, your, your uh, metal cord dad says, you, yeah, says there you, go. you thank me later. Uh, but no, that's, that's the way to go. But Jack it is a, um, yeah, that's, we've leaned into that pretty hard. I'm the only yeah. one who doesn't have kids, but like, I've kind of like, I posted the video today of my very first show in Dead to Fall. Uh, it was in 99. We took, I think I'd done two practices with the guys after I joined the band. Uh, we took our half stacks and our drum sets to the coffee shop that the dudes in Chevelle owned. Oh, nice. um, yeah. And like played in between two like singer songwriter dudes. And like, we literally brought in like giant, like our half stacks <laughs> and like just played full volume. And at the beginning of the video, you just see everybody get up and leave. Um, <laughs> But I don't even remember why I brought that up. Yeah, whatever. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Let me get, let me get you back there. What were we talking? I got about? excited about it. Yeah, whatever. I, it doesn't matter. I can oh no, bang, the bangover, bangover. Oh, old people. No, no, the dad. Yeah, dad because I'm like, I told like they're like, what's a pirate? What are? I saw a movie the other day about pirates. It was rated R in the <laughs> middle of the two songs. I'm like, I'm telling like I'm a dad already at like age eighteen. I'm already dad telling jokes, like yeah. dad terrible dad jokes too. Like I'm I don't have good jokes. I just don't. You know, like that that's so I was laughing at myself a little bit on that one. Anton's wearing a sweater vest. We have like Jenko like pipe pants on. It's nineteen ninety nine. Like Jenkos, it was, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh but it's it's cool to kinda like you know, let's bring this all the way back to where we started. <laughs> it's uh it's cool to see how far everything has come and to think that i was like an 18 year old kid in that coffee shop just excited to i'm like making up the lyrics i hadn't even written the written the lyrics the song right. is um uh uh praying on the helpless is is like i think i had the chorus written and all the verses are totally different than they are on the album but like 
that is like where it all basically started was that in that exact moment, like we had it on video. I think it's just pretty cool to think how far it is now. We're going to play this festival and we're like putting out new songs and people are stoked on it. Um, and I can see, you know, like I can, I can look online and be like, Oh yeah, Wednesdays, nobody listens to dead to fall. Cause I can see like the Spotify, like it's like, it's like really weird to see like a dip on Wednesdays. I'm like, why does nobody like our band on Wednesdays? That's weird. But like, it's just multiple weeks in a row. Every Wednesday has a huge dip. Could I don't know if some people do don't listen to music with on Spotify's algorithm. It could be the algorithm. Who knows? I don't know. Could be people don't listen to music as much on Wednesdays because it's like hump day. You don't like you they don't gotta, put it on as much. You're in work and you you're, get probably, shit done. you're more into work on those days. And then maybe Thursday you yeah. realize, ah, fuck this. I'm going to listen to music some more. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but it is, uh, you know, like to see it all come back around and to, to it feels like just another circle back around to it, you know? Um, and I'm excited to continue writing music with the, we've got a lot of energy now, um, going right. to the studio with, with Tim playing drums and Anton writing the riffs that he's writing. Uh, we're, we're ready to do some more songs. I mean, Anton's already sent me, uh, one that kind of has like an Opeth influence. That's like a totally different, like, these are three rippers. Like we're like, let's just write songs that aren't even three minutes long, just straight up rippers, rippers with a breakdown at the end. Like just yeah. whatever the, the formula, um, uh, which we call it the strength beyond strength formula. It's like when you, it's like thrash. Thrash first, thrash chorus, thrash first, thrash chorus, breakdown. Like that is the formula. Like we have, because that's my favorite Pantera song. So right. I was like, that's what Chum Fiesta was like. We were like, let's write, let's write that formula. And so then Major Rager, we did it again. We're like, this is so stupid that we just keep doing the same thing over and again. Like, let's do it again. But that's what stupid is about, how stupid it is that we continue to write it again. There's that whole meta part of Are You Serious that I think was like, lost a little bit on uh in translation i don't think we articulated it very well in what we were doing but i uh i do love that record too but anyway thanks for having me on man i know we're, we've been talking for a while no yeah by all means i definitely don't want to keep you too long because we both are looking forward to uh nfl kickoff this uh today because uh jaguar well, play last because by the stadium is the imperial still around Dude. the venue that was by I cut my teeth there. It's the building is still there. The venue has been long gone. The venue is long sure. gone. Uh, but actually, I'm sure you know Mikey. Yeah. Mikey was the booking person for. Yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. He's still doing. He's still doing his thing here locally. I'm trying to get him. Yeah. Some, trying to get him somewhat on board uh, with with us somehow, some way. We're 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 in talks. We're working. We're working some things out because Mikey's a great dude. Uh, he has a podcast, Metal in the Brain. If you're ever interested in looking at that. Uh, anybody listening, he's got a, uh, it's like a look in, look back into like metal and stuff. It's really cool. But yeah, the Imperial is still here. Funny you say that the building is available. The little room is available. And I have so much nostalgia that comes to that little room. And part of me is like, when I moved the Lambda office there somehow, like when I purchased or not, you know, not purchased, but like, will we lease that space and like have shows, but also have like a small office there? I don't know. But yeah, it's still there. It's no longer a venue right now. Dude, but. if if uh, you do get that space, make sure either you get the power checked oh, God, or yeah. you redo the power. <laughs> I don't know if you were at the show we played with Shai Halud, where the bass player was playing and like literally got electrocuted, like electrocuted, electrocuted, like full on seized while he, the, the electricity went through his bass and he like, like that. And oh, somebody man. had to kick the bass out of his hands to like stop him from being electrocuted. Like, the scary I've never seen anyone get electrocuted. It was terrifying. And that, that was at the Imperial. Yeah. Literally. Shocking. <laughs> nice. No, but nice I mean they de they definitely had some power issues because I remember I remember seeing um Tosin from 
animals as leaders at in his previous band reflex um that was starring the, ash on vocals yeah of sumerian fame we played with reflex <laughs> a bunch man yeah they were a cool band they would always and yeah dude, that, that's that's my first look at tosin obviously way back in the day and he was killing it then too so but he's a, he, he's a maniac he'd be playing and the power just fucking it would cut off and that i remember specifically at that particular show it caught off like a number of times during their set but yeah <clears throat> um not to cut off I, that topic really quick but I wanted before I cut you off, before I cut you off, before I let you go, because obviously football Sunday and we've both got teams to run root for and you got places to be and I got things to do. Um, you mentioned running. Um, yeah. Switching your your miles to kilometers. Uh, what kind of running do you do? Because I also go down that rabbit hole and run a lot too. So, Well, before I turned 40, I'd always had this goal to run a marathon. And I just, you know, like I, I run my, as like, um, I call it pounding pavement, right? It's just like, just I need to get out and like um, that's my meditative space is, yes, is running. Sure. Um, I don't. I mean, I've I've never had like the full on runner's physique or like been that into running. <laughs> um, but like I did. That was the probably the best shape I've ever been in was when I trained for a marathon, and that really pushed me through that that chunk of of 2020, 2021, uh, which was that year. April 2021 is when I finally ran one. But having to train, like going out run for two hours, like three times a week or whatever yeah. it was, like it was, I'll never do that again. Um, but now it's just, uh, <laughs> it's my preferred exercise. Um, but I can't, it's just, it's too long to dedicate to running a marathon. But I love 10Ks, 15Ks. Um, 5K is too short for me. I yeah. feel like I, it takes me 3K to kind of get into my, my, my grind a little bit. I'm not particularly fast. I just like to be a little bit faster than I was last week. You know, um, I just, and now it's, it's a great way to see the city as well. Like oh, yeah. it's very walkable here and you could see a lot, but I can see more running. Um, and there's, uh, some really cool parks that I've been able to run through and, and I'm trying to get some really nice routes down, uh, through Madrid. Um, but I use an app called run coach, which is oh, okay. a free app. Yeah. And it, uh, you basically put your like, you know, I want to get fitter over 12 weeks. So I'm running this race in 16 weeks and it builds out a whole program for you. So it says like Tuesdays, your sprint, here's the warm up you're doing sprints on Tuesday and then cool down. And then like Thursday, you're trying to do, uh, you know, pacing. You're trying to keep the pace over the 10 kilometers over every kilometer being the same. And then you've got a distance run on Saturday and like build it all out for you. So like, I just try to follow what that does and what that says and not take myself too seriously with it. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It's just like hiking. It's every step I take forward. Is it one more than zero? You well, know? yeah, yeah, for sure. And the, the reason I brought that up is because like hiking and running sometimes go hand in hand with trail running. And like, that's something that I started again, that's a stupid YouTube rabbit hole. Uh, I, I, I was listening to the like Joe, Joe Rogan's podcast. And this was years ago. He had like, I think Courtney DeWalter on and she's like an ultra marathoner, right? She, she had just run like the Moab for the Moab 240, which is a 240 mile race. Like it's all an ultra marathon yeah. and she killed it. And um, I remember hearing that and I, that like broke my brain. Cause I was like, wait, someone ran 240 miles, not like yeah. nonstop. I mean, like they obviously like pull off to the side of the trail and just like lay down and sleep for an hour, you know, but there's people physically and mentally like complete that. And it blew my mind. And I'm, I'm never going to yeah. want to, I don't want to run the 240 or whatever, but nope. like it definitely got me into the headspace of like, oh my God, the human body can do that. And then I was like, well, I've never ran. So I started running a couple of years ago and cool. I'm, I'm not fast either. I'm not trying to be the fastest guy, but then in my head, I was like, maybe I can do distance because I can like pace yep. myself and just do distance. And it's funny how you say like, 
the 5K thing because when I, I had an injury, so I just got back. August was my first month back after eight eight or nine months off. I had like plantar fasciitis Ooh, pretty bad. Yeah. So it's been a fucking grind doing two, three miles. It's been a grind, but I'm getting into it, getting back to it. The muscles are like, you know, easing up and the tendons are getting used to that again. But um, you got to switch your shoes out too, man. Like I that's, did. It's not I when did. your shoes are getting worn, like not when your shoes are getting worn down, but you got to count your miles. And like, I, I had 500 older miles I get, the on the one. That's the problem. Yeah, I had 500 miles much. on the one. Yeah, yeah. So now yeah. I got, I got new But I, you don't, you don't think that. Like normally they're like, yeah, my shoes wear out. That's when I get new shoes. It's like, nah, that foam. And like, sure. you know, like this is the same thing as hiking. It's like, yeah, duh, now that I yeah. know that, but yeah. like, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. No, I mean, the goal I think would be, I have a lofty goal of doing a 31 uh, mile, like uh, the 50K. That's like a lofty goal that I'd like to have. And I was going for that last year and I got all the way up to like running a half marathon. You did a full marathon. So I've only run like the distance of a half marathon. I've never run one per se, like uh, registered, but yeah, that's something that I really enjoyed. And it's funny that you say like the two, two, three mile mark, it takes you that long to get your, your body, your body's like, okay, well, fine. We give up because you're not stopping. Your brain is not letting your body stop. You're pushing forward and you're yep. mentally overcoming those hurdles. It's like, once you get to that threshold after three miles, 10 miles is the same thing. You know what I'm saying? That's why I tell everybody, if you can get past two, three miles, you can keep going. Yeah, but I'm going to say this because when I ran the marathon, I never ran more than 21 miles. And when I got to mile 21, I knew it was mile 21 and it said that. And my brain was just like, this is the farthest you've ever run. Yeah. And then those were the toughest miles I've ever run in my entire life. Finishing that out, it was literally just like, just make it to that building. Don't, don't you dare stop because if you start walking, you're going to waste your average. You're going to waste everything that you just right. ran behind. You've got to keep going. And everything – like I literally like started crying. when I, My muscles all just cramped up when I crossed the finish line. And just like it was miserable. It was awful. But I was just also just like astounding what you can push the human body to do, you know? Do you know – all right, so I wish I could tell you the name of this right now because there's a, there's a documentary on YouTube about it. It's this maniac race that's in Kentucky or Tennessee, like an ultra marathon. Have you ever, have you ever seen this or you know what I'm talking about? Like he changes the route every year and like it's, he has like a page uh, yes, number. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, you have to go – It's a page number out of a book and it tells – yeah. And like – I it, can't – dude, I, I can't wish, remember what it is, but I've seen so many – so that many, is yeah. like, I watched that documentary and I was like, these people and no one, like they're, they, he's built the right course if no one finishes it. Like that's his goal is to make a, make a, a race course that nobody can finish. Yeah. And I'm and like, you have a certain this amount, is insane. It's definitely, it's like a smaller amount of 24 time hours. Than, yeah. Right. It's fucking nuts. It might be 36. I don't know, but it definitely 36, is 48 somewhere. Something is it a hundred mile? It's a hundred mile, right? I think the distance might change or the route changes. It's different. If, it, if somebody finishes it, he makes it harder the next year. Yeah. I mean, it's hard in general. Not that many people sign up for it, but I've also watched a lot of those blogs or like the ginger yeah. or whoever do those. And like when the, and I've seen a lot of people obviously fail, like a lot yeah. of people fail. Almost everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Those things like, see, that's the thing with YouTube, man. I get like enamored with these things. And all of a sudden I'm like, fuck, that's like a goal. Like maybe doing the Leadville 100 one year. And, and then a buddy of mine, his brother just did it, you know, just ran the Leadville. And like, so I'm watching via his Instagram story because he's like, you know, coaching and he's on the team and everything like that. And he's like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like enamored with that. And I was like, oh, so someone I know is actually physically there. And it's like wild. And it's just it's so stupid. All right. So have you ever gone down the, the woodworking YouTube wormholes? 
I've done that. We've talked about that on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that. Yeah, that's I've the other that. one. I realized, and I bought all the tools, and I thought I was going to build stuff, <laughs> and I built stuff, but I realized I don't like actually building things. I like watching videos of other people building things. Like, it's not that I'm a woodworker. I can, I can, I can build something. I can't be beautiful, right? Like, I can build a shelf. It's not going to look as good as the shelf behind you, but yeah. it's going to be a shelf. I can make it so it doesn't fall over. But like, I don't like the precision of woodworking. I like watching other people do it. It's like a version uh, so of that, ASMR that you like. You, it's like right, your version yeah, of yeah. that. So that, that's the other part. You've just got to learn like, okay, yeah, you don't actually want to do these things. You just want to watch other people do these yeah, things. Yeah, it's, okay uh, it's okay to like try something out and then realize like either A, I suck at it and I failed or like it's not really what I thought it was. I just like the aesthetic of watching. Like I like to watch the guy – at primitive, primitive technologies build like his house out of mud in the middle of the world. Oh, that, those are awesome. I but I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. You know no, no, I mean? no, no, no. That, that, that's like, that's, that's a ridiculous one. <laughs> Although the hiking ones, like I, I think I, hiking is better than anything YouTube has ever shown me for hiking. There's just like, there's something about it that, that to me is, that's the one that uh, really stuck with me. So yeah. I'll stick with that wormhole and fuse that one in my real life. Don't, don't um, there's all kinds of trails here. So I got to get into those. There's something else for you, for you to go down a rabbit hole since you're out there close to the Mediterranean. Uh, I got into a sailing uh, black hole. I fell into a I, black hole of sailing. Now, I've got a friend who has a boat, and a, you know what boat stands for, right? Break out another thousand. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Well, I'm, not saying, it. Like, I'm not saying you buy a boat, but like the sailing, I don't know why, but for traveling purposes, I just got like, yeah. I, I started watching people like circumnavigate the globe on YouTube, and it was yeah. like, uh, again, this is something that I'm like, who the fuck's doing that? And it just kind of like opens your brain up to a whole nother like Dude, yeah. version of life and how to look at life. My buddy Pat has like a, probably like a, I don't know the names of the boats, whatever. He's like a six person <laughs> sailboat, you know, uh, has a one sail and then you can put a sail on the front. Okay. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like a decently sized boat, but we took it around Alcatraz in when we were in San Francisco. And I was like, I've always like, but I've been to San Francisco so many times on tour. I never went to Alcatraz. Because like you're on tour, you don't have time to do this whole tour. It takes all day. So I was like, I'm gonna see it in a way that like most people never get to see right. it. I'm gonna go around the thing on a boat. And like I didn't quote, go on the island. Still haven't done that. But like it was it was a really cool experience. And like he he's a he's like he's like whatever tack and like all that stuff. And you got locked down. And like I'm like, yeah. what rope do you want me to pull? What? He's like, yeah. pull the rope. And I'm like, what? Bro, it is God. scary. It's scary to be on there without having because I don't know anything about sailing in general. But I've been on a boat yeah. a couple of times, and it was like, what? I don't know. I'm confused. That's why you gotta have a couple beers so you don't care if you die anymore. Like I did that. Too. I did that as well. But um, that's the move. Yeah. All right, John. Let's cut. All right, it, man, let's peace. cut it here. Let's cut it here. Yeah. And uh, I was. It's great to have you on. Uh, we're looking forward to all the new Dead to Fall stuff to come. Obviously. Let us know how we can help going forward. Um, look forward to seeing you guys uh, Friday, Saturday, obviously, uh, or no, Friday, you know, twelve Thursday, your, your Thursday, your Thursday, and Thursday Friday, night. Friday, Saturday. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so we'll see you Thursday or uh, Thursday, Friday. But yeah, man, I appreciate your time. Good luck out in Madrid, uh, Spain. Awesome. I've another, you know, Google hole that I fall into. I've wanted to go there a couple times too. But um, yep. yeah, we appreciate you being on. Thanks for your time and. Go Bears, go Jaguars. Football is back, baby. Yeah. Check out our, our new songs. They're on like every platform, wherever you consume music, and fuck the Packers. Yeah, that too. But we, you can find all <laughs> Dead to Fall stuff on Lamgoat or daddefall.com. 
all the yep. all, all the socials, all the links, all the cool stuff you need is in the description. Which buying deadtofall.com back was going to cost us three thousand dollars. So I was like, <laughs> that I'm just going to call it dad to fall, and eventually you Google it, it's going to show up because it's like a misspelling of dead to fall. There it is. There it is. One of the uh, Furnace Fest admins was like, I'm not even going to approve this post because you misspelled the name. And I'm like, no, I didn't. It's the real link. Anyway, <laughs> all right, peace, brother. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Yes, rock everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!